Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we will talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. Uh, just, I just want to add a little bit of a warning to start off tonight's show. There is going to be a little bit of a trigger warning. Uh, as one of the stories that we are going to cover tonight uh, may be very shocking, disturbing, and, uh, yeah, needless to say, it it may be the most disgusting uh, story that we have covered so far on this podcast. Yeah, even, even even worse than the Wander Franco story. So, uh, yeah. Listeners should be advised, uh, trigger warning. Uh, But not only will we cover that, we have the Royal Rumble that is also currently taking place, uh, which we will discuss as well. Uh, We have the NFL head coaching carousel to get into, as well as the conference championships, uh, which will be taking place this uh, or tomorrow, tomorrow I should say, uh, and more. But, uh, Lou, I, I have a feeling you probably have a good idea which story I'm talking about here. Um, oh, I think I do. I was coming to We may as well get to it because uh, there was a Wall Street Journal story that came out a couple of days ago involving and we have a, this isn't the first time we've talked about this guy on this podcast uh vincent kennedy mcmahon the former owner of the wwe and uh there has been officially a lawsuit filed against him the wwe and former wwe executive john laurinaitis for sex trafficking sexual assault and emotional abuse. And that's just, that's just the beginning of it, folks. Uh, It's, it's very, very disturbing, uh, very disgusting. And we're going to get into the whole thing as well as the potential ramifications uh, that may, that the WWE and I mean, let's, let's face it. Uh, not just the company, but, uh, you know, we were wondering when the first story about Vince McMahon came out, Lou, we were, yes. we were wondering what was going to come, you know, what was going to potentially come next. Yeah. I always heard there was some reporting physical abuse as well. Huh? I also there was some physical abuse uh, reports as well. Yes, uh, there, and obviously that's that's just one of them. That's just one of them that we're going to talk about. Uh, but so basically, the, at the heart of this story, Janelle Grant is, and and let, let me just say this right now: uh, the stuff that we're going to say. 
parts of it are factual, parts of it are are speculation. You know, we're just giving our opinions yes. uh, on stuff that has been reported. Just want just, to, just for people who may listen to this and think that we're you know that we're in the know. Uh, we are not in the know on this uh, situation. Uh-uh. So uh, we're just basically speculating on stuff that has already been reported. Uh, so basically Janelle Grant is a former employee of the WWE. Uh, she yes. had spent some time employed with the WWE for, I believe, a couple of years, uh, namely – the last couple of years, she had signed a non-disclosure agreement back in 2022. Uh, But basically what happened was uh, she has said in the lawsuit that she was abused as well as sexually exploited by Vince McMahon while he was the chief executive of World Wrestling Entertainment. She alleged that McMahon lured her with promises of career advancement, and then he allegedly exploited her and trafficked her to other men inside the company. Um, Now, she had signed a a non-disclosure agreement in 2022, in which McMahon agreed to pay her $3 million for her to not discuss their relationship or to disparage him. Uh, Her lawsuit claims that McMahon stopped making payments under the 2022 deal after the initial $1 million that he had paid her. Uh, The suit seeks to void that agreement, and uh, it also seeks unspecified financial damages though it doesn't say in particular uh, how, ma- uh, you know, how much, uh, you know, how much she is seeking. Uh, the lawsuit seeks a judgment that the NDA that she signed is invalid under state and federal law and compensatory and punitive damages under other laws, including the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. Um Let's see. I earned three million, Steve. Okay, so that so then she would basically uh, hello? be speaking. What are we talking about? I just tuned in. WWE well, uh, is a major scandal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we are talking about a we are talking about a lawsuit against the former owner of World Wrestling Entertainment and. Uh, it may be perhaps the most disgusting story that we uh, that we have discussed on this podcast. Oh, yeah. um, so a statement from her lawyer, Ann Callis, was uh, released. They, really they complaint seeks to hold. This is a wrestling question. I told. Uh, we, we said Vince McMahon, the owner yeah. of, or yeah, the yeah, former yeah. owner of the yeah. WWE. Who has a lawsuit against Vince McMahon? Is my question. A former employee. Oh, a former. Yeah, a former a former employee uh, who I believe was employed somewhere around. I think it was like 2020 to 2022 or something like that. Um, 
So the statement reads that today's complaint seeks to hold accountable two WWE executives who sexually assaulted and trafficked plaintiff Janelle Grant, as well as the organization that facilitated or turned a blind eye to the abuse and then swept it under the rug. Uh, She is an incredibly private and courageous person who has suffered deeply at the hands of Mr. McMahon and Mr. Laurinaitis. Uh, Ms. Grant hopes that her lawsuit uh, will prevent other women from being victimized. Uh, the, The organization is well aware of Mr. McMahon's history of depraved behavior, and it's time that they take responsibility for the misconduct of its leadership. The lawsuit uh, describes in graphic detail uh, her account of her interactions with McMahon, uh, and once again, another once again another another trigger warning here for anybody listening because uh, it's going to get very nasty. Um, some of the stuff that is discussed here, uh, notably, uh, Vince was most aggressive when using the certain sex toys that he named uh, after male WWE wrestlers and performers. Uh, McMahon named the sex toys so that the color of the toy matched the race of the wrestler. So, for example, a black dildo that he used on her would be named after an African-American wrestler, and a white Mm -hmm. dildo would be named after a Caucasian wrestler. In addition Mm -hmm. to McMahon's infatuation with pretending that other men and namely certain WWE talent were in the room with them, this was yet another incremental step in desensitizing Miss Grant to to his fantasy and eventual demands that she perform sexual acts for and or have sexual contact with others within the WWE. Uh, As one example of his extreme depravity, on May 9th, 2020, he defecated on Miss Grant during a threesome and then commanded her to continue pleasuring his friend with feces in her hair and running down her back while mm. McMahon went to the bathroom to shower off. Upon his return from the bathroom, McMahon and his friend actively resumed the threesome, which lasted over an hour and a half while Miss Grant remained covered in McMahon's filth. When McMahon's friend ended up leaving, uh, McMahon ordered her to stay and to continue to sexually gratify him. Uh, In June of 2021, McMahon and defendant John Laurinaitis sexually assaulted Miss Grant inside Laurinaitis' office in WWE headquarters while colleagues were busy at their desks. Behind a locked door, the two men cornered her and pulled her in between them, forcibly touched her before ultimately putting her on top of a table between them. She begged Mm. them to stop, but they then forced themselves on her, each taking turns restraining her for the other, while saying no means yes and take it, bitch. Uh, In March 2020, 
McMahon began sharing sexually explicit photographs and videos of Ms. Grant, including pornographic content that he recorded personally with other men both inside and outside the company, including members uh, of the television production tech, uh, tech team, as they call it, uh, as well as other executives, producers, and a world-famous athlete and former UFC heavyweight champion with whom WWE was actively trying to sign to a new contract and ultimately did sign that contract. And in particular, uh, that athlete in question, it, it, he, they're not explicitly named, but there's only one WWE wrestler that has that had gone on to become uh, UFC heavyweight champion, and that was Brock Lesnar. So it's oh, obvious yeah. that is who they're talking about uh, in this situation, and yeah. in particular, in particular, uh. Brock had supposedly requested as as part of the terms of his of signing a new deal uh Brock had requested that she send or or that she make uh nude photos and videos of herself uh for Brock in particular and uh one of the videos was to include a video of her urinating why? Yeah, Eesh. I have, and just just to just to put this out there, I have no idea why uh, this even occurred. But apparently, she did it. How? And there's all. Uh, she was also threatened that uh, if she didn't do, or if she resisted in any way that her job would, that she would basically lose her job, which was a very high paying job. Uh, Then during a encounter in May, on May 18th, 2019, Miss Grant felt coerced into engaging in sexual activity and that McMahon had trapped her in an impossible situation as she feared adverse career and personal consequences and legal retaliation if she declined his advances. Uh, McMahon stated, this is what I have been waiting for, as he performed oral sex on her. Uh, She then asked that that protection be used, and McMahon responded that there was no need to worry because he was quote-unquote clean. Feeling that she was being used for his gratification Miss Grant went numb and was unable to make eye contact. McMahon then flipped on his back and said, "Okay, jack him off." Uh, yeah. On March 26th, on March 26th of 2020, McMahon sent a lengthy message to Miss Grant describing in detail the circumstances surrounding sharing explicit photographs of her to a former WWE referee. Uh, McMahon described how the WWE referee left to masturbate and told Miss Grant she had made a perfect stranger very happy. Uh, McMahon had become the most important figure in Miss Grant's life 
uh, as he meticulously asserted power and control over almost every aspect of it from that duration of time. Ms. Grant's fears intensified over the consequences that could result from McMahon's actions, particularly by sharing her naked pictures. She became paranoid, completely dependent on, and worship, uh, worshipfully devoted to McMahon before she ultimately uh, was signed to the non-disclosure agreement and let go from the company. Now, there's obviously more uh, stuff, which I will not get into. Uh, since, the, since this story came out, uh, Vince McMahon has officially resigned from his uh, role as uh, a member of the board of directors of uh, TKO. So he is officially gone uh, mm-hmm. from not just that company, but from the WWE in general. Uh, he also released a statement that in particular, uh, if I can find it here real quickly, uh, he released a statement in the middle of last night's show, because last night they had WWE SmackDown. Uh, he released a statement saying, I stand by my prior statement that Miss Grant's lawsuit is repeat, replete with lies, obscene, made-up instances that never occurred, and is a vindictive distortion of the truth. I intend to vigorously defend myself against these baseless accusations and look forward to clearing my name. However, out of respect for the WWE Universe, the extraordinary TKO business and its board, mem- and its board members and shareholders, partners and constituents, and all of the employees and superstars who helped to make WWE into the global leader it is today, I have decided to resign from my executive chairmanship and the TKO Board of Directors effective immediately. Now, normally you would, you would, you would think, okay, innocent until proven guilty. Mm. But apparently uh, there have been multiple former stars who have come out since this news broke and uh apparently they they have basically uh one of them in particular Ryback uh who was a former member of the WWE roster uh about right. 10 years ago uh basically said that this is just the beginning of the stories that you're going to see come out about Vince. And all of them are 100% true. Uh, basically referring to Vince as, a, as maybe the most evil man he has ever looked eye to eye with. Do you think if he wasn't going um, to step down? Ah. Uh, you know, I still think he would have stepped down anyways because you right. look at it this way. Okay. You look at it this way. They uh, Slim Jim had pulled their sponsorship right. uh, from the WWE Royal Rumble once this news came out. The longer that the longer that Vince and they said specifically the reason why they did it was because of this news. 
Um, when you look at it from a business perspective, the longer that Vince stays with the that you know yeah. that that Vince stays with the company, the more damage it was going to do. Oh yeah, I didn't think Slim Jim wasn't so, Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, you know, they had just hooked back up with WWE uh, uh, over the past year or two. And by the way, speaking speaking of which, uh, since this news since this news broke and Vince stepped down, Slim Jim did uh, officially unpause their sponsorship. So they are officially sponsoring the Royal Rumble tonight. Um, but. I mean, Lou, one would have to think that, you know, this has to be the final nail in in the coffin of, of, of Vince, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. This is this is this is judgment day for him. I mean, no human has the right to has the right to do, to do that. I mean and now you know, this is going to really serve as a black eye to the WWE. I mean, it's going to go down in flames. There's going to be, you know, and I think there was also another lawsuit that was uh, even issued today. So he's in more hot shit uh, than he was 24 hours ago. I mean, this is going to be like an ongoing soap opera for, you know, like the next, uh, at least maybe the next year or so. I mean, this is not, this is not look good uh, for, for Physic Man and the WWE in general. Oof. Yeah, and the publisher's clearinghouse commercials. Say it again, Di. Yeah, Vince McMahon used to use the publisher's clearinghouse commercials. No, that's Ed McMahon. No relation. Nice try. Okay. Yeah, no, that's. Okay. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no relation uh, between between the two. Uh, okay. Vince and he, he basically what happened was his, uh, you know, his dad. Uh, Vincent J. McMahon, uh, he owned the WWF back when it was the WWWF. Uh, right. He then passed uh, it down. WWWF, World the Wrestling Wrestling Federation. Yeah, the yeah the, the World Wide the World Wide Wrestling Federation. Was that any good? Sorry, I did not uh, follow wrestling. <laughs> yes, was back that in the day, that was good. Back in the fifties and sixties, wrestling was very popular. Okay. And then when yeah, it when um, senior retired, then took over and made it into a global phenomenon. Right. And right. Now uh, it's not a phenomenon anymore. No, now it's going to be in the tank. Right. Uh, hang on, just one second. Um, I believe we have Chris. Is this you? Yeah, it's me. Oh, hey, Chris. How's it going, Chris? It's been a been a long time. It's been a minute. How y'all doing? All right. Uh, doing doing good. We have uh, we have Lou and we have Diane on the line with us. Uh, I'm sure. I, I'm pretty sure your dad is going to join us at some point uh, tonight as well. Uh, Thanks, Chris. We've been talking. We've been. Ta- I'm pretty sure you're aware of the uh, of the Vince McMahon stuff that has come out. Um, yeah, me and my dad have been talking about it. 
I want to I want to get your thought I want to get your thoughts on it because it almost makes you wonder if uh, if this is just one story of of uh, of many years maybe decades of stuff that may have been going on within that company. I believe it has been going on for a while because he's so he, he's so sick in a minute. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I you know I, I I was uh I was actually rewatching uh one of the one of the promos that he did back. Uh, do you remember when he feuded with uh, with Stephanie McMahon? Uh, yeah. back in 2003. Okay. And yeah. he made this sort of, or uh, Stephanie made this sort of comment to him about uh, never forgiving him for what, for what she, for, for what he made her do to his friends during business meetings. And it so really made me wonder did you know was that actually you know was that not storyline and that actually part truth to where you know maybe Stephanie he had actually uh used Stephanie in basically the same way that that he used this other woman possibly it could happen i'm sure it will but uh, I, I mean, Chris, what what impact do you think this might have on the WWE? Because we saw that. I mean, obviously he has stepped down already, uh, but we already saw that they lost uh, the Slim Jim sponsorship before. I think yep. Slim Jim officially uh, officially put themselves back on uh, earlier today. But do you think there might be other? Uh, there might be other issues that might rise up because of this? I think there are a lot of more issues going to pop up after this. Mm. I mean, it is by far maybe the most repulsive story I think I think I have uh, I think I, I have probably read, and I thought the you know, I worse. thought the initial I thought I thought the initial uh, accusations against him were bad enough, but now finding out that Brock Lesnar is part of it, and who knows how many other WWE superstars might be involved, and Brock got a wife, right? Oh, a smoky hot wife, might I add. That makes it even worse. Hell, Vince is even I married, mean, and that makes it worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and actually, uh, one of one of the other one of the other things that I that I didn't mention earlier was the fact that uh, his wife. Uh, Linda had apparently found out about it. Partially why they haven't been they haven't been living together apparently in years. Vince and uh, and Linda they've technically been separated. And 
matter of fact, matter of fact, I uh, I read I read something earlier today as well that said uh, according to Wade Keller of uh, of uh, PW Illustrated, I think, or or whatever. Whatever that, uh, whatever that, that big uh, wrestling, uh, uh, wrestling site is, uh, basically said that he isn't even allowed to see his own granddaughters anymore. Okay. I mean, it's just th- this whole this whole entire story has basically blown the company out of the water, essentially. So, you know, it just, it just makes you wonder. It makes you wonder what's next. Because, uh, you know, I think, I think it's entirely possible that we could see uh, we could potentially see more people uh, be tossed as a result of this, especially oh. those who are connected to Vince. Oh, I think there are going to be many more people get caught with this shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, John Laurinaitis, who is married to the Bella Twins, uh, to the mother of the Bella Twins, and he's, uh, you know, he's one of the ones that was uh, that was involved with this. You know, it almost it almost makes you wonder uh, the rumors that were brought up about Macho Man Randy Savage and Stephanie McMahon. Uh, you know, something that that everybody had everybody had joked whether or not it was uh whether or not it was true or not that uh you know macho man randy savage had a relationship with uh, with stephanie mcmahon when she was uh when she was a teenager you know it almost makes you wonder now if there wasn't some truth behind those uh behind behind uh that story Yeah, but anyways, uh, you know, obviously there's probably going to be more that's going to come that's going to come out about this. Um, I guarantee you that, you know, there's uh, there's no there's just there's no way that Vince is going to be able to recover from this. Essentially, uh, his it was it was already bad enough that you know he he had to give up. Uh, the majority uh, ownership of the company by selling it. Uh, but now, you know, there's no workaround to where, oh, if he's found, if he's found innocent or whatnot of this, uh, there's no workaround that he can utilize in order to bring himself back to the company. He's officially 100% gone now, which... Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe that maybe that'll be what's best for 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 the business. That may, maybe perhaps he will be uh, maybe uh, he he will be uh, he will be fully gone for good this time. Yeah, I don't think he's coming back. 
Yeah, no. I would be I would be very surprised. Uh Yeah. Matter of fact, if if anything, it's it's already it's already bad enough uh you know, the the story as it is, but this may actually force some of those other people who are you know, if if he stopped paying this woman money as part of the NDA, it makes you wonder how many other how many other victims did he stop paying money to uh, who had similar NDAs. So it definitely is uh, it definitely is a story that we're gonna have to that we're gonna have to keep a very close eye on because otherwise it's. You know, it's it's entirely possible uh, that the more news comes out about this, it could potentially damage uh, the WWE brand itself, even though he is officially separated from the brand right now. He's such a huge part of its history. Yeah, but there's enough damage already. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean there's damage the ring even more. Yeah, but uh, well, what I what I what I'm trying what I'm trying to say is, uh, you know, he's such a huge part of their history. Yes. That, you know, uh, I'll I'll draw I'll draw a little a little similarity back to Chris Benoit. When Chris Benoit, uh, for those who don't remember him, he was a former professional wrestler for uh, yeah. World Championship Wrestling as well as World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, he ended up passing away after he committed suicide in 2007 following, uh, following his murders of both his wife and son uh, before he killed himself right after committing those acts. And because of that, uh, WWE basically scrubbed him from their entire history. So his name is never mentioned. Uh, I mean, you know, he, you know, his matches, uh, the videos that they have of his matches are still up on the network. But because he was because he was very prominently featured, you know, uh, on uh, WWE programming. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, he, he was so prominently featured on WWE programming, uh, over the 2000s that they basically had to remove every single mention of his name on WWE programming, uh, they removed all merchandise. They removed any sort of contract he may have had remaining with the company. And now we've seen with Vince McMahon, it's even deeper with Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon has owned the company since like the seventies. So, and not to mention he was a prominent figure of the attitude era uh, from the nineties all the way up to I mean, he was a prominent figure on on screen all the way all, all the way from like yeah. the '90s to about, or actually no, maybe the maybe the mid to late '80s all the way up to uh, just recently, like 
like 2021, 2022. Right. So, you know, if he were to be Chris Benoit, as we call it, where he gets where his name is basically permanently erased from the company in general, uh, and also any merchandise that they were selling of him, might I add, has officially been scrubbed from the company. Yeah. So, like. Like, everything has been completely scrapped. Um, you know, it's it's like that's a gigantic chunk of the WWE's history right there that is in danger of basically being removed from their, yeah. from their own history. Because, I mean, think about it. If... If it wasn't for Vince McMahon, but on not just the not just the uh, not just the executive, but the on-screen character, Stone Cold Steve Austin may not have gotten as big of a character as he, as he became with the uh, uh, you know uh, what's it called? Um, he may not have gotten as over with the fans because of him going uh, rebelling against ownership uh, as part of his character. So, however, though, it is necessary for the WWE to take these sort of actions because you got to remember, they have, to, they have sponsors that they have to deal with now. Uh, they're a publicly traded company. You know, there's just... <coughs> There's way too much stuff. There's just there's just way too much stuff that that's at stake, and I think TKO kind of saw this coming though, because, uh, you know they it, it seemed like they were sort of forcing him out of the picture, to where yeah. Uh, the this last half year or so, ever since TKO officially. Uh, officially bought the WWE, um, Vince has not been in charge. Right. His son, his son-in-law, uh, Paul Levesque, or Paul Levesque, or as WWE fans know him as Triple H, uh, he's been the one that's been in charge on the WWE side, uh, you know, these last few years. So... McMahon, if anything, was more of a figurehead at this point in his uh, at this point in his life, and I mean, obviously, this is going to go to court. Odds are, this is going this is going to go to court, and who knows what else may 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 be uncovered through discovery uh, once we uh, you know once once they get to uh, to the court portion of this uh, of this whole situation. But I mean, regardless, this could be, depending on what else comes out, this could be very damaging to the company overall. And uh, you know, speaking of the Royal Rumble, 
which I had mentioned earlier. Uh, the Royal Rumble is currently taking place right now at uh, Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, we have had one. We have had one man. Uh, one match already take place: the Women's Royal Rumble that saw uh, Bailey last an hour and three minutes. Uh, as well as uh, an hour and three minutes and three seconds uh, to win the Royal Rumble after coming in out of number three out of 30 other or, or out of 29 other wrestlers, 30 wrestlers total. Uh, Bailey wins uh, while also seeing the return of former WWE Women's Champion Naomi after being gone from the company for about a year or so. Uh, as well as the debut of Jade Cargill, who formerly was uh, with All Elite Wrestling earlier this year before she signed with the WWE, uh, she had a pretty she had a pretty good uh, a pretty good debut for herself, eliminating two opponents, uh, as well as seeing a cross brand or a cross company. Uh, partnership sort of between WWE and TNA as the TNA knockouts champion Jordan Grace was also uh, brought into the Royal Rumble this year. Uh, So currently we are in the middle of the uh, fatal four-way match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship with Roman Reigns defending his title against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and L.A. Knight. Uh, still to come, we have the men's Royal Rumble match, and we also have Logan Paul defending his United States Championship against Kevin Owens. Yeah. Uh, and who knows what other surprises may be in store. We've already seen a couple of surprises so far uh, with the women's Royal Rumble, so who knows what the men's Royal Rumble will have in store. Uh but uh, we do have some other stories to cover here. Uh, oh, before we move on from wrestling, actually, I forgot to mention this. Uh, the Vince McMahon story, this comes on the heels of WWE announcing their new television deal with Netflix for yeah. WWE Raw beginning in January 2025. Uh, WWE Raw... Uh, beginning in January of 2025, will air on Netflix for the next 10 years. And the deal is for $5 million annually, which if you do the math, that equals equals $5 billion total that the WWE is getting in this deal. So it kind of makes you wonder you know, with the timing of stories uh, being put yeah. out there. Uh, moving on, though, uh, over to the NHL, we have, well, quite frankly, uh, the story doesn't really get any better, uh, but five players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Team have taken a leave of absence from their current clubs in recent days amid a report that five members of that team have been asked to surrender to police to face sexual assault charges. Mm. Among those players 
uh, our NHL players Michael McLeod and Cal Foot of the New Jersey yeah. Devils, Carter oh, Hart right. of the Philadelphia Carter Hart yeah. of the Philadelphia Flyers, Dylan Dubé of the Calgary Flames, and also yeah. former NHL player Alex Formentin, who is now with a team in Europe. Uh, all have been granted indefinite leave with the absences having been announced over the past couple of days. Uh, the Flyers and Swiss Club HC Embry Piotta cited personal reasons for the leaves of both Hart and Fermentin. Uh, also, the Swiss Club uh, said that Fermentin has been allowed to return to Canada. Uh, the Flames had cited Dubé's mental health as a reason for him stepping away. And the Devils did not give a reason on Wednesday in announcing why McLeod and Foot were on leave. Uh, messages left for the agents representing all five players and multiple messages sent to Hart's lawyer seeking comment were not immediately returned. <coughs> and the NHL Players Association declined to comment on the situation. Uh, now, the reason why this is coming up is because London, Ontario police launched an investigation in 2022 mm-hmm. after word emerged that Hockey Canada had settled a lawsuit with a woman who said she was sexually assaulted uh, by eight members of that gold medal winning team at a gala. Uh, the mm. Globe and Mail, citing unnamed sources, reported Wednesday that five players from that team were asked to surrender to police in the city halfway between Toronto and Detroit to face charges of sexual assault. Uh, A spokesperson for London police would not confirm the report when when contacted by the Associated Press. Uh, Basically, they said, when there's an update to provide, we will share with the media outlets. Um, London police did announce Wednesday that they would be holding a news conference on February 5th to share further details in relation to a sexual assault or to a sexual assault investigation dating back to 2018. Uh, earlier in the day, Flyers general manager Daniel Briere opened his mid-season State of the Organization press conference by saying, we are aware of this morning's press reports on a very serious matter. We will respond appropriately when the outcomes of the investigations are made public. The NHL has been very clear that teams should refer all investigation-related questions to them. In the meantime, members of the organization, including Flyers players, will not be commenting any further. That is all we can say uh, at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, The NHL, meanwhile, had opened their own investigation back in 2022, and they had pledged to make those findings public. Uh, The Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly told the Associated Press by email on Wednesday that the league would issue a statement when it is appropriate, adding that there was nothing more that he could currently say. Uh, Back in June at the Stanley Cup final, Daly had said an independent investigator had completed work and he expected a report by mid-summer that the league would then review. Uh, Basically, he also stated, we have been in contact with the London police, continue to want to be in contact with them, make sure that there's visibility with respect to what our process is. 
and to the extent we can understand what theirs is, that would be the goal, and then I can't prejudge what happens from there. So, I mean, this is, you know, Hockey Canada, they had made wholesale changes after after the independent report came out, and they lost major sponsors in nearly two years since this, and also under and also other scandals had emerged. Uh, their CEO Scott Smith was ousted, and the board of directors also resigned in October 2022, uh, related to how Hockey Canada had handled their sexual assault allegations and how it paid out settlements. Uh, even Nike last year had ended their partnership uh, yeah. with the organization after earlier pausing it along with other sponsors, given the heavy criticism of Hockey Canada's leadership. So, I mean, Lou, this just seems, I don't, I don't know if there's been any other updates on it, uh, but, you know, this, this is a very disturbing uh, story uh, that, that has come out in the NHL and, you know, you could you could almost it would be fair to question whether or not uh, these players' careers may be over. Oh, I've been imagining it over. You know, with the allegations and and the uh, action stuff, I would not be surprised if this, if their careers are over. You know, uh, very shortly, probably as we speak. I mean, because you can't get away with this kind of stuff. This needs to happen in every single sport. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they may be they may be facing jail time potentially because of this. Uh, and also, this would actually be pretty damaging for the for the Calgary Flames as Dylan Dubé, you know, he's been one of their one of their uh, uh, key secondary contributors the last couple of seasons. So. I mean, this would be this would be pretty damaging to them. Uh, Cal Foot, you know, he's basically been a he, he's been essentially a depth a depth defenseman, so to speak, uh, for you know for the for the uh, New Jersey Devils, uh, who he had just signed with, might I add, this past off season. Um, Fermentin obviously has been out of the organization, or not not organization, but he has been out of uh, out of the majors for some time now. Uh, Michael McLeod, you know, he's got ten goals for the Devils this year. So yeah. he's a, you know yeah. he's a he's a young center uh, that. It could be honestly, it could be devastating for their depth if he ends up, uh, you know, if they end up losing him. But I mean, obviously, you know, there's there's more there's more different, you know, there's more important matters at hand when it comes to this. Um, yes. And Carter Hart, meanwhile, I mean, Carter Hart is Philadelphia's starting starting goaltender. Oh, and we saw what happened to Philly this 
we saw what happened to Philly today uh, against the Boston Bruins, losing six to two. They, I mean, hell, they were being outscored five to nothing uh, in the first period, or uh, well, actually, technically, uh, in the second period, uh, the Bruins had scored four goals on their starting goaltender today, and then uh, within a minute of the second period beginning, the Bruins then scored their fifth goal. Uh, you know, Philadelphia's goaltending has essentially fallen apart uh, yes. since uh, since Carter Hart ended up having to leave the team. So, I mean, this has, you know, th- th- this has uh, impacts not just to the to the individuals involved, but also the team. Right. I mean, what what are your thoughts on this, Lou? You know, I mean, with I mean, all the many people in there, and you know, all getting called out. That's gonna, that is really going to cause some serious damage. Their careers are really, you know, are really finished. You know, I mean, how do you how do you you know? It's that that that's very damaging their careers and not much their personal life too. I mean, now you're gonna have a criminal record. You know. Don't these people know right. these players know how damage they can do to their careers and to themselves too without thinking? Does anybody think anymore before they do anything before they think of doing anything stupid? You got your career to think about, you got your family to think about, whatnot, you know, and you go up and pull, you know, a stupid, ridiculous act like this. People just don't understand that you have consequences for your actions. And also, might I, might I add, there's one player yeah. that has not been. Uh, you know, there's there's one player that has not been mentioned in this uh, in this story, but has been rumored, and yes. that is Kale that is Kale McCarr of McCarr. the Colorado Avalanche. Yes. Uh, now it's not confirmed whether or not he was involved, but he was on that 2018 World Juniors uh, World Juniors team. Yes. It's worth mentioning. Uh, I mean, imagine if if a star like him ends up being involved. I mean, that could you know that could be that could be very disastrous if anything for the league, considering the fact that uh, that he's considered to be one of the young rising stars. Not to mention the Stanley Cup champion as well. You were a rising star. Now you have this shit happening. Well, like I said, it's not confirmed that he was. uh... What was that, Diane? It happens in every sport, though, not just hockey. Yeah, I know. True. I mean, it does happen in every sport. Yeah, it it does happen in every sport, but at the same time, though, you know, this is, uh, I think that, you know, this just goes further because of the fact that a whole entire country is involved. I mean, it would be one thing if it was just one player from one team, but, you know, this is five players all from Team Canada. You know, this. uh, And not to mention considering all the other negative publicity that that uh you know that um 
that Team Canada has had the last couple of years with all the turnover and everything that they've uh, that they've experienced. You know, it just get, it just looks even worse. Mhm. Who won the Devils Lightning game? Devils, sorry. Devils. <laughs> oh, the Devils won. No, Lightning. Okay. Yeah, Lightning won six to three. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I'm a Devils fan. Yeah, some of the other scores uh, from today's games, uh, Dallas with a 5-4 to four victory over the Capitals in overtime. Uh, the Oilers with a 4-1 to one victory over oh, the yeah. Predators. The Sabres with a 5-2. to How much in a row? 16. Oh, wow. Disgusting. Uh, let's see. The Sabres five to two over the San Jose Sharks. Uh, the Hurricanes with a three to one victory over the Arizona Coyotes. The Rangers seven to two over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, in overtime, the Pittsburgh Penguins with a three to two victory over the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the Maple Leafs with a four to two victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, games that are still ongoing, the Florida Panthers with a 2-1 to one lead over the New York Islanders. Uh, let's see. The Detroit Red Wings with a 3-2 to two lead over the Golden Knights in the third period, about 17 minutes left in the third there. Uh, in the first intermission in Minnesota, the Wild have a 2-1 to one lead over the Anaheim Ducks. And just about to get underway, the Calgary Flames host the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Vancouver Canucks host the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, with the uh, Blackhawks, that could be an easy victory. Yeah, although I don't know, I don't know though. You know, the Bla- the Blackhawks. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it'll be an easy. It, it won't be a victory for the Blackhawks, considering. Right. Uh, everybody that they're missing. The Blackhawks? I thought it was the Blue Jackets. No, the Blackhawks are worse. The Blackhawks suck. Who are they playing? Blackhawks are um, uh, They are playing... Hang on, Flames. let me find. Flames. They're playing the Calgary Flames. Okay. Way about now. And Who this just in from playing? the Royal... Where are the Rangers planned? Hold on. They already won. Uh, 7 to 2. Oh, they did? Yeah, they okay. won. Yeah, they won 7 to 2 over the Ottawa Senators. Okay. Uh, this just in from the Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns has successfully defended his WWE oh. uh, Universal Championship uh, against. AJ Styles, LA Knight, and Randy Orton uh, officially putting his championship reign. Uh, let me make sure I have the right number here. Um, yeah. 
officially marking his championship reign as 1,241 days as of tomorrow, which means, well, actually, let me see. Where will he be when it comes to Hogan? When it comes to Hogan, let's see. He'll probably be he'll probably be close to Hulk Hogan's uh, record actually. Let me see. Um uh, Okay, I'm gonna have to go all the way what am I? I'm gonna have to go all the way back to Okay, Hogan's record is one thousand four hundred and seventy four. So uh, Roman Reigns still has uh, quite a little bit left to go before he before he passes Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's what's going to be untouchable. But if he pat, you know, if if uh, if he's going to potentially pass uh, San Martino, though, um, he'll have to hold the title for like another eight years. More than likely. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, in Major League Baseball, we did officially have uh, the Hall of Fame uh, inductees be announced this uh, this year. And we have three new inductees into the MLB Hall of Fame class of 2024. Adrian Beltre with 95.1% of the vote. Uh, he mm-hmm. gets in on the first ballot. Uh, Joe Maurer with 76.1% uh, just well, barely gets in. Uh, honestly, I'm kind of surprised considering the fact that uh, his number, before it was officially announced, his number was actually a lot higher uh, than 76.1%. Uh, and Todd Helton. Why the drop off? of the Colorado Rockies gets in at 79.7%. Mm. <laughs> uh, just falling short by five votes, Billy Wagner of the New York Mets, uh, 73.8% of the vote, just fell short by five votes. Surely he will get in in his final he year of candidacy. With 422 saves, I mean, I think that's a, a cause for a legit candidate to uh, make the Hall of Fame. So whatever this committee is, you know, I think they need to do their homework more because, uh, you know, some of these players who are good, I think they got, I think they got cheated. You know, I think they, they should have got in. Right, you know, and you know, I agree. Saves, I, th- I, I think he has the numbers. He does. I, th- I think he has the numbers worthy of it. I do know one one of the writers only voted two people in, and that was Manny Ramirez and uh, Alex Rodriguez. Right. And the reason being is he believed that steroid users should make it in regardless of if they took steroids or not, which, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it was a bullshit excuse to be used. Um well, then if you can do that, then I think you can let Pete Rose in, too. Yeah. 
but at you know at the at the same time, I mean, I I, I understand the point that uh, you know using steroids, you know, obviously it uh, it basically cheapens the game. It cheapens their Absolutely. careers, so to speak. Uh, which is why Gary Sheffield fell short. Uh, it's why Gary Sheffield fell short with 63.9% in his final year. Um, some of the other names that didn't make it in, Andrew Jones, he saw a significant leap, uh, 61.6% uh, through seven years on the ballot. I would not be surprised if he is potentially in consideration next year. Uh, Carlos Beltran. Uh, in his second year of eligibility, Carlos Beltran finished with 57.1% of the vote. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Alex Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez both, I believe they both kind of fell a little bit. Uh, Rodriguez had 34.8%. Manny Ramirez had 32.5%. Chase Utley, not bad for a first year on the ballot, 28.8%. Uh, meanwhile, Omar Vizquel, only 17.7%, only three years left for him. He's probably not going to make it. Uh, well, Bobby that might rely on the Veterans Committee. Well, he he possibly could with the Veterans Committee, yeah. Yeah. I would assume, I would assume that uh, Sheffield will probably make it with the Veterans Committee. Yeah. The only reason why he didn't make it was because of his affiliation with Barry Bonds, essentially. There that you was go. There pretty much strike. the only reason why he didn't make it. Yeah, strike uh, one. Well, let's let's bring Alex onto the show. Uh, Alex, uh, welcome. We have been What's discussing up, the we've been discussing the uh, Hall of Fame inductees uh, for this year in Major League Baseball. Um, Adrian Beltre with 95.1%, Todd Helton with 79.7%, and Joe Maurer with 76.1% all made it. Billy Wagner with 73.8% missed by only five votes. What are your thoughts, Alex, on, uh, on, on our inductees this year? I really, really, no-brainer. Like, I really thought the first two were shoe-ins. And I know yeah. Maurer was, was supposed to be, like, a transcendent talent, like the best catcher in decades, and then he really got ravaged by injuries. And I, I know we spoke about it a couple of months ago, you, me, and Lou, but Maurer was the one for me still. I was kind of like, eh. Like, he was started incredible uh-huh. and had all this incredible hype. But, and Lou, you remember that, too. I mean, he was more, yeah. what, early 90s, I think, mid-90s. But, like, mid-90s, mid-90s. Yeah, but, like, he just – he really – his stats really um, – I don't want to say fall a cliff, but he went from, like, you know, Piazza or better power yeah. to, literally, to literally seven or eight or nine home runs a year for, like, at least half of his career. Mm-hmm. And then he played, he played forever, and they're like, all right, Hall of Famer. I'm like, uh ah. Like, half of his career was, like, night and day. It was two different, two different stats, like two different baseball cards almost. So his stats, his stats really went south for, like, the whole second half of his career. 
So I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm surprised. If he hadn't been injured so much, I'm not trying to, like, really diss the guy, but, like, injuries made it because there's a lot of other guys that, I mean, I'm a Mets guy, but, like, David Wright, his career, there, there's many more. Uh, for plenty of teams, but Mowers, Mauer was decimated by injuries. I'm, I'm surprised he made it in. Because his stats really went south for, like, at least half a decade to close out his career. Yeah. Yeah, um, at the same point at the same point though, they said yeah. uh they said on MLB Network when you when you compare his stacks to other catchers in the Hall of Fame, uh he actually had uh you know, he actually had very comparable stats compared to okay. other catchers that are in, that are in the hall. And that makes sense. I'm not like, you know, totally bent out of shape about it. I, that's just the one that kind of I was a little bit a little bit um, like, oh, wow, okay. That kind of just took me back a little bit. But, yeah, he, and, again, he was an awesome player. It's just he um, – I think it was back, a back injury, but really just totally, totally drained his power for, like, half a decade. But, yeah, I guess overall right. for, for the historically, yeah. Yeah, I think it's still I – think I think it's cool when hardworking guys – he was a very popular – you know, he was like Mr. Mr. Twin for a while. He was like the face of the franchise for a decade. So, yeah, that yeah. just surprised me a little bit. Uh, Beltre was incredible. Team 17, 18 years. He was, he was maybe not even an incredible, but just longevity being very, very good. Right. You know, being the top three or four, maybe a top three or four third baseman. I don't even know if he ever won an MVP off the top of my head, but he was always like, you know, in the all-star mix every year. And just over time, you know, his consistency uh, gave, him, gave him the invite in, I think. And Hel- uh, you said Helton too? Yep. Yeah, he's, he was really like the face of the Rockies for a long time, back when they had Larry Walker. So, Helton, yeah, I mean, consistent 300 hitter. Really good player. I, the one thing with them, though, and I don't know if you guys agree, but it's always Rockies with me. It's like, yeah, how good would he have done if he was, you know, when he was 21 years old, if he was coming up on, like, the Red Sox or the Yankees or anywhere but Colorado? Because that would just literally right. inflate stats. But inflate stats like nobody's business. So, there's always kind of that Colorado – you know, it's like a whatever you call it. Like he gets like extra extra credit, yeah. extra Colorado points, extra Colorado points on the back of his baseball card to every statistical category. So I don't know. That would be interesting, maybe to look at Helton's home and away stats. But yeah, the guy had just kick-ass killer killer stats. So yeah, I wasn't surprised that he got another. And not just that, but what about uh, what about? Um... Wagner missing it by by four or five votes. Yeah, yeah, really popular, really bad, like a really tough, you know, prototypical, really tough, intimidating closer. Um, closers just have a harder time besides Mariano Rivera. I mean, who, who else yeah. has gotten in recently? I mean, they, they uh, have a lot of Rivera is the only one I really remember. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Dennis Eckersley, but yeah, I mean. I think that's just a position that they, the hall just really doesn't like to to get in, and I don't know. I definitely don't agree with it, but um, yeah, wasn't that his first time? Maybe his first go around because I'm I'm confident he can hopefully eventually get in. Well, it's uh, he has only one more opportunity next year. Oh, I didn't realize that. Wow, so time's ticking for him, man. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think to me, he's a hall of famer. He was that good and that dominant at his respective position for a long time. So maybe maybe the last time around they get it, they get him in. Who knows? 
we'll see what the writers and all the voters say. But yeah, I would have liked to see him get it, get in. But yeah, closers always have an uphill climb trying to get in. Yeah, hopeful. I mean, you know, ho- hopefully he's probably going to get in. Uh, I would assume that Gary Sheffield may get in by the Veterans Committee. Um, considering, you know, it's funny. It's funny. I talk about Sheffield. Obviously, we know about him and the steroids. But uh, he was actually, throughout the whole process, he was basically right on the borderline of 75% the entire, uh, the entire time that ballots were being, uh, you know, were being revealed and everything uh, bit by bit. So uh, it was kind of surprising to see him drop off by as much as he did, only getting like 63% of the vote uh, at the end of it all. Considering he was he was basically staying around seventy five percent, just barely. Uh, I, I believe the last I had seen, he was at like seventy four point one percent before they officially revealed who was actually getting in. Yeah, I, I'm partial. I mean, he's one of my favorite. I used to love watching that guy just, just punish the ball. He was like a, just a dangerous, violent uh, hitter. He was fun. He was very intimidating. But, um, yeah, I noticed that. His numbers just he, – he, I, I thought he was I thought he was going to get in personally. I don't know what you guys think. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I agree. I yeah, just I mean, I think, I, think he, I think he'll get it in. I, I, th- I think he'll get in through the Veterans Committee at some point. Yeah. He bounced around. He played five um, but yeah, he's had a, had a hell of a career. You know, another player, another player that they said uh, they brought up when they when they were talking about Joe Mauer, they said, okay, Joe Mauer gets in, but then you you probably have players like Jorge Posada with the careers they had, and then you look at, you look back, uh, you know, they look back at their careers and, and they say. Wait a minute. So he got in, but yet I didn't. That's what I mean. That's the slippery stuff with Mauer, and I, I think Posada is a Hall of Famer personally. But yeah, I just I had a problem with Mauer. It, it just he was hitting like eight or nine or seven or eight or nine home runs for like five or six years in a row, playing a lot too. It's not like he had one bad year and then retires. So I was just confused by Mauer. Again, injuries suck. I'm not blaming it on him, yeah. but his stats end of the day, his stats were just, if you look at his stats, they're not, I, I, they don't scream Hall of Fame to me. Posada no. had a hell of a lot more power. No, I agree. Posada had rings. Posada had a, a heck of a lot more power. Um, I don't know if he had enough awesome seasons, but, I mean, to, to me, I think, I mean, Posada, like, historically a better career than Maurer, I think. Mm. Better stats. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I, 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 I thought, I thought that Maurer honestly – I thought he was going to be first ballot. Okay. When it comes to when it comes to Maurer, I thought he was going to be first ballot. Uh, uh, you also have to take into account. I believe they said something like he's the only catcher to have won multiple batting titles. I believe they said. Or oh. wait a minute. Yeah, multiple. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was. It, it was like it was either batting titles or. Yeah, 
He was. He. I think he's the only catcher to be a three-time batting champion. Wow. Yeah, maybe the end of the career just is is tarnishing his. Maybe it's making me a little bit too critical of him. I mean, it, that is an amazing feat. Yeah, I'm glad he got in. I did that was just. I've always just had a little question about him injuries, but I hope more guys can get it, even if they they end on a tougher note. Um, yeah. We'll see if Sheffield can get in next year. Yeah, he. I mean, he might get in. He might get in just like Fred McGriff. Uh, obviously, with Fred McGriff, yeah. it took him quite a bit with the with the Veterans Committee, but eventually he ended up getting in. So it could be the same thing for Sheffield too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fred McGriff, crime dog. Fred but McGriff. anyways. Uh, we do have some other. Uh, we do have some some signings from around the league. Uh, the L or the L A Dodgers, or uh, the L A Deferrals, as I like to call them. Uh, they yeah. signed. Uh, they signed Red Sox uh, starting pitcher James Paxton to a one year, twelve million dollar deal. Yeah, that's that's too much for John Henry to spend on a single player. Um, Basically, Paxton will uh, will probably be either the he'll either be a, a depth starter or he may end up being the fifth starter uh, in LA's rotation. But needless to say, um, you know the the Dodgers they we might as well like I said like I've said multiple times on paper you might as well just hand the uh, hand the World Series over to the LA Dodgers <laughs> and let's move on for. Uh, you know, let's cancel the season, essentially. Uh, our only hope is MLB, uh, uh, MLB fans worldwide, our greatest the secret weapon. Yeah. We can we can beat him from within, from the inside. Dave Roberts, the yeah. manager, can be undealing. <laughs> Hopefully he fumbles. Yeah, one, one would hope. A choke, a choke job. Right, bets hit in sevens or something. That guy's some outlandish moves. I, I'm shocked they haven't yeah. replaced him with all, especially now that they have like this yeah. dream team assortment of talent. I would think they would get someone like a, I don't know, anyone but that guy. But that's like the the managerial. Yeah, you're right. If they're healthy, I, yeah. If he really botches things up, maybe <laughs> they don't work. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of the Red Sox, uh, uh, they held a winter weekend last week and. Uh, Sox management was met with a chorus of boos uh, last week while while Craig Breslow, Craig Breslow, of course, ended up getting cheers because the Red Sox fans know that it's not his fault that he's uh, that he's being dealt with a shit hand by uh, by managers or I mean by uh, by ownership. Um, but apparently the Red Sox are interested in Ryan Stanek as well as a couple of other relievers for some reason on the market even though they don't need relievers they need starters but whatever i suppose um the milwaukee brewers they signed first baseman reese hoskins to a two-year 34 million dollar deal uh honestly that's actually a pretty good contract considering uh he's coming off of a torn acl this past season uh in his left knee so he moves from Philly to Milwaukee, and as part of the deal, it includes a player opt-out after this season. However, 
It also includes a mutual option for the 2026 season. So technically this could turn into a three-year $51 million deal, depending on if that mutual option gets exercised. Uh in my opinion, you know, not not really uh, not really a bad uh, a bad signing for the Milwaukee Brewers. Assuming that Reese Hoskins can uh, fully recover from his torn ACL, uh, and he ends up being, you know, anywhere close to the same batter that he was before the injury. Uh, however, though, I believe it's a it's a pretty big loss though for the Phillies, offensively. Yeah. When you consider the power in his bat, well, I mean they—they've had historic. Uh, they had—I don't know—they they moved right to first, and they had, they've added Trey Turner. <laughs> they kind of moved on, but I'm I'm happy for Hoskins though because he seems like a good dude, and when he's healthy, he can be a really good power hitter. And Milwaukee really doesn't get these big names, so I think it's, I'm happy that the Brewers could get him. So it's a small good place for him to kind of resurrect his career. Good place for him to land and like come back and kind of get his revenge and show that he's healthy. Right. Yeah, uh you know, it's definitely it, it, there it's definitely an opportunity that uh especially with him having an opt out after the first year, uh it's an opportunity that maybe perhaps he could uh you know, he could basically bet on himself for this year and uh he could essentially, you know, he could pull a uh a Justin Turner and if he puts if he puts on uh you know, an excellent performance this year, he could basically uh, find himself in line for another payday, uh, you yeah. know, next off season. Did, However, did Turner, though, I, know Turner, I know Turner's a free agent now. Did he, did Turner, did Turner opt out himself or did the Sox say they didn't want him? Yeah. Back? Which one was it? No, no, That's he weird. opted out himself. God, he's really popular. That would be That'd be a perfect one. One more year with that guy for them. They just—that's bad. That's tough news. Well, on, honestly, though, Alex, I mean, it's not really much of a surprise to me that he opted out because, you know, he was making considering the numbers he put up this year. He he's in line for a payday. He's yeah, in right. line for more money than I think he was only making like six million dollars. Yeah, and plus if they're not. If they're showing everyone that, that's not a lot of money. money. Turner wants to Turner wants to go somewhere where they're spending big bucks on people. He's probably pissed like a lot of the players with the Sox ownership. He right. wants to finish off you know, on a contender. Sox should be a contender if they were spending money. So Turner's probably like, you right. know what? Get me somewhere else. Turner's in his twilight of his career. Flynn however, though, however, though, he did not rule out a return, though. Interesting. And the Red Sox, the Red Sox are still in on him, and they're still in on Adam Duvall as well, uh, in bringing back Adam Duvall. Uh, the Duvall sweepstakes are apparently between the Red Sox and the Angels. And as far as uh, as far as Turner goes, I don't know uh, what other teams are interested in him. I did hear a rumor of the Dodgers, but I don't know how. I, you know, I don't know how uh, how hot that rumor is. And the Mets but, were rumors where, where he started his career. They foolishly let him go. But uh, the Mets are just being right. cheap. 
the Mets are pulling on Boston and not spending money now after getting everything blown up yeah. in their faces. Verlander and Scherzer. Big talker, Cohen's not yeah. opening up the strings at all. <laughs> no. Like, Turner was like, yeah, I, I could see myself going back to the Mets. That'd be fun. And they're like, they haven't, they, they really haven't attempted to sign him. If I'm trying, I don't want to go there. You, you think you want to go maybe back to LA, but I guess they're all, they're all set. It's going to be interesting to see where Turner He's still a really, really, really good player. Interesting to see where he's going to go. Well, you never know. He could end up returning to L.A., especially with them, uh, uh, yeah. with, with Kike Hernandez being uh, being a free agent. Yeah. Yeah, he could go back there. He's popular wherever he goes. He's got an invitation to join a lot of teams, I'm sure. Right. You know, with Kike, with Kike Hernandez being a free agent, you know, uh, they they would need they would need a bench bat and that would be you know he may still do that even if even if it means specifically like okay you won't see as much playing time but hey you'll be on a World Series contender yeah so who knows I mean it's enti- it's entirely possible and obviously uh, you know his his whole, uh, you know, his, his whole market is probably going to come through. Uh, it's probably going to going to emerge at some point here. Most definitely. Steve, I got to check. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll try calling back in right before eleven minutes. All right. Yeah. Cool. See you guys. All righty. Uh, also, the Mets—they have signed Adam Adovino. Uh, to a one-year, four-and-a-half million-dollar deal, uh, pending a physical, that is. Um, and it's kind of funny considering he declined a player option worth worth six and three-quarter million. Six and three, six and three-quarter million uh, player option that he declined with the club. Uh, and yet he decides to return for less money, which doesn't really make sense, but whatever, I suppose. He's nuts. Uh, The Washington Nationals, they signed first baseman slash outfielder Joey Gallo to a one-year deal uh, for about $5 million with another million dollars in performance bonuses. Um, and it also contains a mutual option for the 2025 season as well. Uh, as far as Gallo goes, uh, he ended up posting, uh, or he, or he only ended up batting about 177 in 332 plate appearances for the Twins last season. Uh, but it was still good enough for a 101 uh, OPS, so... Apparently, it's worth the money to still bring him back, even though he's basically a shit hitter now, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, 11-year veteran Colin McHugh also announced his retirement uh, via Instagram this week. 
doesn't come as a big surprise, but it also seems like he still had uh, he still had uh, gas left in the tank. However, dealing with shoulder tendonitis and his performance slipping a little bit last year, his velocity was still good as ever at, at the age of 36. Uh, he finishes his career with a 71 and 47 record with a 3.72 ERA and 127 starts and 219 relief appearances as a major leaguer. Uh, elsewhere, the Texas Rangers, they signed right-handed pitcher David Robertson, Robertson to a one-year $11.5 million deal. Uh, and according to MLB.com's Mark Feinstein, uh, Robertson will get $5 million this year, $5 million deferred between 2027 and 2031, and a $7 million mutual option for 2025 that also includes a $1.5 million buyout. Uh, while he'll probably be the setup man for Jose Leclerc, uh, it's entirely possible he could end up uh, leading the Rangers in saves this year, potentially from what it sounds like, according to this, uh, to the contract that he had signed. However, Lou, uh, we have some big news to talk about, specifically in the NFL. Uh, the first one, Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan to accept the Chargers head coaching job. And it turns out, uh, it turns out he will be bringing his defensive coordinator from Michigan with him as well, apparently. Now, just heard a rumor that, heard a rumor that um, Harbaugh uh, wants uh, Kaepernick. Uh, why would he want Kaepernick when he has uh, when he has Justin Herbert? Exactly. I mean, because you know Kaepernick's been out now for so long, and. Uh, you know, he probably won't even have anything if he did come back. I mean, he's probably lost those few steps, and he's now, you know, it's been out 10 years. So I don't even see a point of him even coming back. But I did just hear a rumor about that. But, uh, you know, Harbaugh, though, having just won the national title with the Michigan Wolverines, uh, by the way, the oh. – the co- the coach that the coach that had taken over for him when he was suspended, uh, that coach has now become the permanent head coach of the Wolverines, uh, with Harbaugh officially leaving uh back to the NFL. Uh Harbaugh was last in the NFL uh with the San Francisco forty ers leading them to a Super Bowl appearance uh in four seasons with the team. Uh and now he returns to the NFL with a young quarterback in Herbert and looking to completely turn around uh, the L.A. Chargers organization as a whole. Uh, so, I mean, what, what are your thoughts, Lou, on, on Jim Harbaugh uh, deciding that now was the, ch- now was the time to, uh, to jump back over to the NFL? I think he should have stayed in Michigan. Maybe try to maybe get a chance to repeat. You know they did well. They did well with him, and all of a sudden he has to uh, bolt out of it, and, uh, go back to the to the NFL. I don't think he was right. He built Michigan back up to to glory, and then all of a sudden 
just like that, he wants the bolt through. Okay, I know he had the problems earlier this year with the suspension and whatnot. Maybe that might have something to it, but still, I uh, that was wrong for the league, Michigan. Can he help? Uh, can he help the Chargers? I don't even know if the Chargers can help themselves. I mean, that franchise is just like. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of work that has to be done with the Chargers, but uh, you know, yeah. one would say. Uh, you know, one would argue that maybe if they have the right offensive mind, that maybe perhaps, you know, maybe perhaps maybe. there is, uh, maybe perhaps he could get more out of that offense. Oh, they can sure use a step up in that offense, that's for sure. By the way, a new Tropicana Field attendance record, 48,000. 44 people for the Royal Rumble tonight, a new Tropicana Field attendance record, which, I mean, it's not that hard to do considering the fact that the Tampa Bay Rays barely get anybody to go to their games to begin with. But, um, you know, that is officially uh, a new attendance record uh, for a sporting event in uh, Tropicana Field. Um. Now, obviously, you know, when it comes to Harbaugh, the thing that's interesting is uh, Harbaugh was also in line for the Atlanta Falcons job. Yeah. Uh, It was between him and Belichick for the Atlanta Falcons job. However, there is one name that randomly came out of the blue, out of nowhere, and it wasn't Belichick, as the Falcons have officially yeah. hired Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, Morris to be their head coach. I mean, this guy hasn't been a head coach in over a decade after previously yeah. being the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So why uh, now? You know, it's it, – honestly, it's it's kind of surprising – that they went with Raheem Morris yeah. on a five-year deal, might I add. And because of this, the Rams will receive two third-round compensatory picks for losing Morris to the uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but Mo- Morris is a two-time Super Bowl champion, um, having been with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 2002, as well as uh, the LA, as well as being on the LA Rams, uh, being the defensive coordinator for the Rams uh, for Super Bowl. Uh, let me make sure I have this right. I think it's fifty. Wait a minute, fifty-one. I think it was. Wait a minute, LV one. What is LV one? I think it's fifty-one. No, 56. Not not 51, 56. Oh. I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, for Super Bowl 56. Um, yeah. But, as I said, he was previously the head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for three years uh, from 2009 to 2011, uh, where he went 17-31 and 31 at the helm of the Buccaneers. Uh, then he was last a head coach for the Atlanta Falcons back in 2020 where he had a four and seven record as the interim head coach back then. And now they've decided to go back to him over Bill Belichick. 
And I'm wondering if the reason is because Belichick wanted uh, wanted more wanted more authority over the team. <laughs> I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, Lou? Because with with Raheem Morris taking the job, that basically Belichick hasn't interviewed for any other team. So right. it was basically the Atlanta Falcons are bust for him. Exactly. But, you know, with that team, you know, I think, you know, can Belichick, you know, uh, turn, turn that team into something? I mean, that, that whole division, though, you know, is just a complete trash dump. You know, Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers, all that, you know. But, you know, Belichick, you know, maybe, maybe the guy that, you know, do I mean look what he did for the Patriots before he came along? I mean, odd Patriots was a joke, um, well pre Tom Brady, but then he got Brady and Terrence Powers. Maybe uh, he can help this team because they can show use it because that team has not been the same since the ultimate choke in the Super Bowl. And you know, I mean Belichick, you know, proves to be a winner. So maybe he can help uh, return the team, you know, back to back to glory. We're thinking because well, you, know, you would think that he would be. You would think would. Lou, that he would be the option, but yet instead they go with Raheem Morris. Yeah, why would you go with someone who hasn't coached in a decade? I mean, what's that going? I don't think it's going to help. Where's the last? No, I mean maybe it's because maybe it's because of his familiarity with the team because he was last the interim head coach for them in 2020 okay. with a four and seven record. But yeah. I mean. I know he's drawn excellent praise for his yeah. jo- for his job with the uh, with the L.A. Rams defense, but at the same time, I would think that they would have been more capable uh, candidates. Maybe you should bring back Doug Blank. No, that wouldn't work. Oof. And as far That's as bad. Belichick goes. I brought up this possibility on your show earlier today. There is a rumor. There is a rumor that Andy Reid may be coaching his final season, regardless of if he wins the Super Bowl or not, uh, or if he makes it to the Super Bowl. Uh, And there's a possibility that Belichick may be holding out so that he can take over for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a possibility. I mean, but imagine I, I think, going I from Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think it's a bit premature. I don't know if, um, you know, we're going to get Reed is getting up there in years. So maybe, but I still think maybe, you know, one more year, I think, or two will be just about in. That. Then uh, I think maybe he'll get to retire. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I would think that maybe he would do one more year, especially if they win again. Um, yeah. Adam Schefter said that it's purely speculation, and he doesn't have any sources telling him that Andy Reid is ready to walk away. No. But, yeah, uh, of course this was brought up by Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio. Like, what if? Uh, what if he does retire, yada, yada, yada? Would they go back to Eric Bieniemy? as his successor, uh, you know, I would think that if Andy Reid does retire, 
the only logical person to go to would be Belichick. Yes. I mean, just think about it. You go, if you have, uh, obviously you have Steve Spagnuolo already in charge of that defense, but you bring in Belichick, we already know that Patrick Mahomes is the, is the magic man. You know, he can make anything happen uh, regardless yeah. uh, of what he has to work with out there. You bring in Belichick to work on that defense, they're already terrifying. You know, the, the Saints are already terrifying as it is. But then you bring in Belichick to work on that defense. I mean, that's in in my opinion at least, that would be the that would be the best option for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, what are what are your thoughts on that, Lou? Uh the Chiefs potentially move uh moving if 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 Andy Reid decides to retire, moving from Reid over to Belichick. Well, Belichick would be the obvious choice if Reid does decide to retire. And Belichick, you know, I mean, like I said, turn the Patriots, but the, um, you know, turn the Patriots into to a powerhouse, you know. But then again, the Chiefs, you know, they are they are a positive team, a uh, great team, and you know they can they can, but I think they can use a little bit more help uh, with their uh, defense. I think um, I'd be a positive because I don't see uh, Belichick, uh, you know, retiring just yet. You know, he's so he had a bad year this year, but I think that just you know just a little hiccup along the way. I think if he can go to the Chiefs, I think he's going to get back on track. Yeah, I would expect if he yeah. goes to the Chiefs. I mean. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a hell of a lot different of a quarterback to work with than somebody like like Mac Jones or Cam Newton or Bailey Zappi. You know, this would basically be yeah, exactly. Belichick moving from Brady to Brady. Right. Bailey Zappi. Yeah. Um, so, okay, yeah, the Falcons, they go to Raheem Morris. The Tennessee Titans, they have finalized a deal to hire former Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as their new head coach. Uh, Callahan was on many teams' short lists this offseason after the Bengals scored 21.5 points per game while fighting through a multitude of injuries this year. Uh, Hailing from the Gary Kubiak coaching tree, Callahan has previously worked with legitimate quarterbacks such as Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, and Joe Burrow. Uh, so what the Titans do, decide to do to, court, to do at quarterback this offseason could shape the franchise for years to come, and Callahan is likely now to have his hand in that decision, which, by the way, Callahan, uh, Callahan's deal is a five-year deal officially. Yeah. They do that, the more votes we get. So... Uh, you know that's another that's another interesting hire though to go from a defensive coach in Mike Vrabel to an offensive coach in Callahan. In Callahan, you know it kind of shows a shifting of philosophy essentially uh, for for the Tennessee organization. <laughs> uh. 
elsewhere, the Carolina Panthers, uh, they have hired Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales as their new head coach. Uh, right. After, after only one year as the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, uh, who helped lead the Bucks to a 9-8 and record while guiding Baker Mayfield to an over 4,000 passing yard season while throwing 28 touchdowns and 10 picks. Uh, they ranked 20th in points per game uh, with 20.5 points under Canales and 23rd in yards per game at 300 th- uh, 313 yards. Uh, but that was enough to put him on Carolina's radar. Um, and also the Panthers were the only team to actually interview him. During this cycle. So what are your thoughts on Carolina bringing in, uh, bringing in Dave Canales? (laughs) Yeah. Can it get any worse? And Carolina is, you know, a very pitiful team. And I don't know. I think it might take more than Canales to, to get that team back to you know, where they were some years ago. Anyone done anything since uh, Newton? I mean, Carolina, you know, had, you know, they got the uh, what the uh, first pick in the draft or the second pick in the draft, and if that doesn't help them, I mean, I think this team is going to be a shithole for for some time to come. I mean, it makes sense though to go with an offensive-minded coach, especially when you have a young quarterback like Bryce Young. You know, right. uh, obviously they had yeah. Frank Reich. Uh, you know, they had Frank Reich, who was also an offensive-minded coach, but I, it just didn't work under Reich. So maybe perhaps, you know, with a younger mind, it'll uh, things will work a lot better this go-around. Uh, but it almost seems to me like Canales is more of – because let's keep in mind, they also hired a new general manager, too, uh, by promoting assistant general manager – uh, Dan Morgan to the title of president of football operations as well as general manager. Uh, so it just, it seems to me like this is, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if this was more of a rebuild type of coach, like a, a coach that they would hire just to get them through the rebuild, so to speak. And by the way, uh, with the men's Royal Rumble currently taking place, we have had yet another return to the WWE. Andrade, formerly known as Andrade Cien Almas during his last time with the WWE. Uh, But Andrade has has officially returned to the WWE after his contract with AEW expired just a month or two ago. So he is officially back, and with the Men's Royal Rumble literally just underway here, only five competitors have come in so far. Uh, Possible there could be more uh, returns or maybe debuts uh, to be mentioned here. Uh, One other match uh, result uh, note, Uh, Logan Paul officially retained his uh, retained his universe or his uh, United States Championship by disqualification over Kevin Owens. So uh, now, obviously, right now they have the uh, the Men's Royal Rumble currently underway. Uh, 
So there is this bit of news, which, I mean, I, I guess it's not really in the grand scheme of things. It's not really worth much considering he's uh, he's more yeah. of a depth receiver, if anything. But uh, it still has to do with gambling. Uh, according to Wilson Alexander of The Advocate, Patriots wide receiver Kayshawn Boutte has been arrested for illegal betting activities. Uh, he allegedly placed more than 8,900 bets while underage with a fake account at LSU. Uh, some of those bets coming during his 2022 season at LSU. Uh, the rookie sixth-round pick was booked on a felony count of computer fraud and a miscount of gaming prohibited by players under 21 and reportedly used an alias to place his bets. Uh, the article goes on to mention that Boutte is accused of betting on at least 17 NCAA football games, six of which were LSU games. LSU was reportedly made aware of the allegations back in July of 2023 when Boutte was already a member of the Patriots and has fully cooperated with authorities. Uh, once a highly touted recruit, his final two seasons at LSU were filled with injuries and poor statistical performances. Uh, in just five games this season, he totaled two catches for 19 yards for the Patriots. Uh, according to the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, uh, the NFL issued a statement saying, we are aware of the matter but have no further comment at this time. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's not really uh, much, you know, it's not really a player of stature, so to speak, Lou, but I think this speaks more on the NFL's crackdown when it comes to uh, illegal gambling. Mm. Yeah, he <laughs> doesn't, doesn't quit. You know, you hear a lot of these illegal gambling stories, like, and, you know, it just piles up more. I'll start with Pete Rose, and we go further down the line from there. Right, although, you know, uh, although I, sh- I should technically say, though, that, yeah. uh, you know, it, I should rephrase what I said, that it's not the NFL's crackdown, but this is more of a case of him gambling illegally underage back but when he was with LSU. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, you're, you use a fake name as Gary from the laws, but, you know, eventually they're going to find out. So you're not doing yourself any good. I mean, you, you can't wait one more year. I mean, really? You're that – you're that anxious to do it now. You have to break. You have to break the law, and you know risk going to jail for it. Uh, it's not worth it, buddy. You made a stupid mistake. It's the law. It's 21 for a reason, people. You go out to put it for a reason, and you just can't break. You just can't yeah. break them. How yeah. dumb can you be? Um, that was a pretty dumb. Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty damn stupid. Uh, yeah. What they uh, what they decided to uh, you know the fact that he decided to even do that, but I mean I understand you know being in college wanting to make money, right? Of course, you know wa- wanting to make money, but you know it just yeah. But you guys think it just... is it worth the risk? No. Yeah, it, I mean uh, ultimately though this is. I mean, this is obviously going to go, going to go on, on his record, obviously. So, uh, needless to say, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots move on from him this off season. Um, once free agency officially opens, 
Um, but uh, we do have some uh, some conference title games to talk about. Uh, with the first, starting with the AFC, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are underdogs for yet the second time, the second straight week, taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And the Chiefs may potentially be without Joe Tooney, who suffered a strained pectoral muscle. Yes. Against the Bills, I mean that would be that would be a pretty big a pretty big loss considering he's a former All Pro guard. When when you get to this time of year, injuries are going to be a big factor in the game. It can mean the difference between you know you winning or you losing. So this was not this is not a time for one of your best players to get injured. That could lead the advantage to your opponent. Exactly. Uh, matter of fact, let me see if I can find. Um, Okay, news, injuries. Let me see if I can find the – well, no, actually, technically, there's no injury report for both uh, for both games, so. No, officially. Um, so, I guess we won't – well, actually, that's on NFL.com. Let me check ESPN. Maybe ESPN has it. Uh, you know, that's going to be a potentially huge – you know, a, a huge swing yeah. potentially – by the way, the line's now up to four and a half for uh, for Baltimore. Um, let me see. Uh, they have Kadarius Tony listed as out for Kansas City. Yes. Uh, let's see. Full injury report. Let's go Kansas City. Joe Tooney has officially been listed as out. So that is a huge loss for for yeah. Kansas City's offensive line going into tomorrow. As they'll be without their all-pro guard uh, attempting to protect uh, Patrick Mahomes. So as, as if they were facing a tall enough task having to deal with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, but now they'll be without Joe Tooney. Uh, looks like they'll also be without defensive tackle Derek Inadi, who has been ruled out with a tricep injury. Actually, he's been placed on injured reserve, I think. Um, and also Sky Moore as well with a knee injury. Uh, Tony, as I said, he's out with a hip injury and also personal reasons. And also they will be without offensive tackle Prince Tega Wanago, I think I think is how you pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, let's bring back uh let's bring back uh Alex. Uh Alex, we're discussing the uh championship games that are set to take place tomorrow. Uh, yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on the chances for Kansas City against Baltimore? I think it's going to go down to the wire. I mean, it's it's impossible to assume anything against when you're playing against Mahomes. Uh, it's, the signs point, yeah, this is Baltimore's year. I think it is, but I think it's going to be a really close game, and I wouldn't feel comfortable going against Mahomes ever. I mean, 
it's impossible to really the game plan for the guy because he pulls out magic. So it's, he's capable of, of doing anything at any given moment. And he reads the perfect coach for him. I mean, they're just so dangerous. So I know you listen to – good job listening to the injuries. I mean, they'll, they'll be able to – I think they'll still overcome that. Baltimore's defense is going to get to him, but he's still going to make, make big plays. I mean, yeah. I don't know what you guys think, but I, personally I think it's going to come down to the wire like a field goal either way. I think Baltimore is going to win the game. What I mean, what do I know at the end of the day? But that's my personal gut. I think it, I think it's, it is kind of their year, and like they're they're going to be vicious. They're going to really hit Mahomes early and often. But I mean, he's still going to put up points. The Chiefs are always going to put up their their share of points. Mm. So I just don't I don't see how it's going to be lopsided. I think the, I think Baltimore really closed it out. Yeah, the end. I don't that at all. Yeah, and see, I don't know. Did you did you did you already talk about Detroit? I can hold off. Whatever you want to do. Uh, no, we haven't talked about Detroit yet, but um, gotcha. yeah, that's really that's my two uh, cents we on. We're going to bring up Detroit next. I, I really think KC is going to be hanging with them, just because I've never seen oh, yeah. I've never seen Mahomes and Andy Reid not you know be around making it a damn entertaining game. And then you have I don't want to say it, but it's kind of like Hollywood script with the the NBA NFL. Sometimes they they, they like that storyline. They would love to see uh, Mrs. Taylor Swift. Uh, in every commercial and every spotlight and uh-huh. every uh, camera angle during all Super Bowl buildup and every moment of the Super Bowl. I mean, that would be a huge marketing home run for the NFL if the Chiefs and Swifties made it to the Super Bowl. That's another – that's maybe more like betting angle, but like that – I just I, the Chiefs are going to be down to the wire. They're going to be right in that, if not win it. But I think at the very end, I think Baltimore will squeeze by. But I mean, it's interesting. I think that Taylor Swift thing, I hate to say it, but stuff like that happens in pro sports. I don't know if Goodell would do it, but maybe those refs have a little extra incentive to call some against Baltimore tomorrow and help the Chiefs a little bit to make sure Swift is around for Super Bowl. I don't know. Something to, something to well, think you know, about the a thing, Just the, the, thing that is, uh, the thing that is really worrisome, though, is the yeah. fact that uh, the fact that they'll be without their all-pro guard Joe Tooney, uh, yeah. Kansas City. So yeah, just, I, I don't know. I don't know how good the rest of uh, the rest of Kansas City's offensive line is, but I guarantee you, uh, whoever they have replacing Tooney is nowhere near as good as Tooney. Yeah, and Baltimore's getting back. Andrews. Baltimore's got a little injuries. Mahomes is healthy. Pacheco's healthy. I mean, they still have their biggest. Yeah, I mean, losing a lineman hurts. But, I mean, they still. By the way, this. Still uh, are, they're still going to score points. This just, in, this just in, by the way, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are hiring former offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, Kellen Moore, as their wow. next offensive coordinator, according to Adam did you like him? Lou, did you like him as in Dallas calling the plays? I have mixed feelings about him. I love, I love they got the yeah. Dolphins. I love the Vic Fangio. They got the defensive coordinator I like. Did, did you like Colin Moore, Lou? Yeah, I do. You know, I, that's good to get help. Of course, I still, I still think that, you know, we should get rid of um, of our coach. Yeah, I wish the Eagles had gotten rid of Sirianni, but they at least yeah. they got two good. Two. I like, I like Kellen Moore. Do you have any thoughts on Kellen Moore to the Eagles? It seemed like he called some good stuff for the Cowboys. Yes. 
Yeah, I'll tell you right now, that's a big W. That's a big W for Philly. Cool. Cool. Getting Cullen, yeah, getting getting Cullen two, Moore. They got, they got two new, brand-new coordinators. Yeah, I would have liked to see Sirianni go, but, hey, they are making some changes, which is good. So you like Moore a lot. That's cool. That's reassuring. Yeah, I mean, I remember I remember early on in Dallas, he was really, really popular. And then maybe kind of at the end it was like, eh, okay, maybe it's time for a change. But I know Moore's got some skills. He's got some really savvy, creative, offensive ideas. Yeah, that sounds hey, that's that's a good sounds like a good move. I mean, you saw you saw some th- you saw some things that he put up for uh, some schemes that he put up for Dak Prescott. Imagine imagine what he could do uh, what he could do for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna have to. I'll be reading about him late night tonight. That's cool. A little Saturday night news on Saturday night. Now, as far as Baltimore, as far as Baltimore goes, uh, basically the only player they'll probably be without is Delshawn Phillips, the, one of their linebackers. Uh, he's considered doubtful with a shoulder injury. So, <laughs> other than that, they're relatively healthy. Uh, now, let's see. Detroit against. Uh, Detroit against San Francisco. Um, as far as Detroit goes, they'll be without Khalif Raymond or Jonah Jackson. Uh, and, I mean, Hendon Hooker, I mean, he's not even their starting quarterback. So, basically, Detroit, they don't really have injuries. Uh, they Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because um, – their center, Frank Ragnow, is uh, dealing with a sprained knee and a sprained ankle after That's suffering right. both against Tampa Bay. However, uh, it has been reported that he will play. Uh, he will play tomorrow. So, um, I mean, those you know th- those uh, those offensive linemen out of Arkansas, they're uh, they're a different breed. We'll put it that way. They're blue collar um, men. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're the, a different um, breed uh, when it comes to when it comes to uh, to dealing with injuries and shit like that. Uh, yeah, now, as yeah, far I mean, as San Francisco goes, Debo Sam, yeah. it looks like Debo Samuel will officially play because he did not he did not suffer a fracture in his shoulder, uh, but he was in a lot of pain after uh, the game against Green Bay. Might not be effective tomorrow. Of course, he's going to suit up. You know, if he can walk, he's going to be out there. But, you know, we'll see. After You know, the Lions are going to uh, test him and hit him a few times, see how healthy he really is. Right. I would expect that he would be, uh, you know, I, I would expect that, that he's good to go because he's not on the injury report. So, um, yeah. And with that being said, you know, I know. I, know uh, I think it was Steve Davidson who said that uh, that this is going to be maybe one of the best NFC Championship games of all time. I don't know if I would go that far, but I do think I, I do expect that it would be a high-scoring game uh, for this uh, for, for this matchup. But I mean, San Francisco, San Francisco. Let's face it, San Francisco is just so unfair. When it comes to their uh, when their offense is all healthy, it's it's just unfair how they're able to score in certain situations. Yeah. So I would ex- 
expect that Detroit's Cinderella run will probably come to an end here um, yeah. at the hands of Brock Purdy. And I think, if mm. anything, this is, this, is, yeah. this is probably so far uh, – so far uh, this is Brock Purdy's best opportunity that he's had in his career uh, with a fully healthy team. Because like we've said before, we know we know what kind of we know what kind of quarterback Brock Purdy is. Uh, when he has a fully healthy offense, uh, you know he's an elite quarterback. When when one or two of his weapons are missing, he's just an, he's just another average quarterback. It's going to be real interesting about Debo, man. Uh, the, the, he looked like he was in a world of pain. Not what seven days ago. Like, I, they're not going to, you know, they can hide it if they want to. They can be creative. Like, I just, I don't know if he really, truly is really, really healthy. You know, I mean, because you know he's trying it all week. Like, please let me play. Please let me play. So, like, I'm not saying he's hurt, but he still might be a little bit hurt. And without Debo, when Debo banged up last week, I mean, Purdy went from pretty pretty good to very, very, very average. I mean, the, they, they, they escaped with a win against the Packers. So I, I know, I know right. the Niners are loaded. I know they're. I've given them credit, but dude, Detroit. You know they're gonna. I'm not telling anything you guys don't already know. Like Detroit's gonna be playing their asses off. They're gonna be hitting. They're gonna be. This is like Detroit's Super Bowl of all time. So they're gonna be playing balls to the wall. I think it's gonna be a really good game. But yeah, definitely. San Fran's definitely a better team, more talented. But Detroit. I mean, they could run like a fake punt. They could do. You know, they're gonna go for it probably on fourth down and short. I think Detroit's yeah. gonna play. You know what I mean? Extra aggressive because they're kind of playing with house money. The, pre- the, the pressure's on one team. The pressure's on San Francisco, not on Detroit. Right. No, obviously, it's definitely on San Francisco when you consider the fact that they're the overall, you know, on paper, they're the overall better team. So everybody's expecting them, you know, to put Dallas away. Or not Dallas, to put Detroit away uh, in this matchup. Right. So, um, you know, it's definitely. You think it'll be a close game or like a like a ten point win or like you think Niners will win by like three or seven at the end, or do you think they're gonna? I think it all depends. I think it all depends on how San Francisco starts out. If they start out really aggressive, like uh, like if they're if they're moving the ball at will, so to speak then we could be in for a long, you know, we, we, we could be in for a very high-scoring affair in San Francisco's uh, case. Uh, it all depends on how well they move the ball against yeah. uh, Detroit's defense. Lou, you think Detroit can hang Lou, or you think San Fran all the way? No, I'm always going to pick Detroit. I mean, they're hungry. They've waited forever for this. And – you know, golf, you know, he's stepped up, so, I mean, he's there for the Rams. He can do it for Detroit. You know, they're, they're ready for this. They are they are psyched up for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with them all the way. I'm just really – I'm pulling for uh, – I'm really rooting hard. It's fun Detroit. I mean, the fan base. I know the Niners are overdue, too, but it's it's – yeah. What is it, three? They got there last year. Yeah, I mean, the Niners, man. If Purdy doesn't get it done tomorrow, he's going to have a lot more critics, that's for sure. Right. Although, who knows, maybe it might not be, it might not be uh, Purdy's uh, fault, you know. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm extra tough on him. But I mean, they are. They're just so talented. I just, I don't know. And Detroit's vulnerable too. Like they can get beat by the pass too. That's what scares me. Right. But if Devo's a little banged up, man, and Detroit, you know, if it's like, you know, fourteen to fourteen, if it's like a close game, the, the later it gets, Detroit's going to get more and more confident. You're right. It's, it's yeah. It's not rocket science. If if uh, if the Niners start strong, it could be a long day for Detroit. But if Detroit's hanging around, man. They're gonna start getting cocky. They they can no, feel it. Yeah. yeah, they could make it. They could make it very interesting if Detroit's hanging around. If if uh, if San Francisco gets off to an early lead, and I'm talking like I'm talking like ten nothing, fourteen nothing. If they get off to an early yeah. lead like that, uh, it could be uh, there. Could, there could be the possibility that you could see a potential run up of the score. Yeah. And Detroit, it's interesting, man. I've seen – I know with Purdy and Samuel, Samuel really affected last week's score, but the San Fran D, man, I really haven't been totally overly impressed by them. Everyone talk because they have a lot of, obviously, big names on defense, too, with Bosa and all these guys. But they've shown to me right. – I think Detroit – Packers could move the ball. I think Detroit could definitely move the ball. Great receiver, St. Brown, two really good running backs, Montgomery and Gibbs. Great tight end, Laporta. If Goff doesn't screw, screw up which he's done before. Like, if Goff plays well, Detroit will be able to score some points, I think. Right. No, yeah, I definitely 21. agree. I they think... can score 24 points, 27 points, maybe. Yeah, it might be a shootout. It depends on what Jared Goff you get. It depends on what Jared Goff you get. If you get, if you get the Jared Goff who, uh, who disappeared in the Super Bowl for the Rams, then, yeah. you know, this, this isn't going to be a uh, – <laughs> You know this. Uh, this isn't going to be a game for too long. Uh, if you get yeah. the resurgent Jared Goff that we've seen so far this year, then you know maybe perhaps there might there might actually be something. Uh, there might be something there for uh, for Detroit's offense today or uh, tomorrow. I think it's, I'm not saying anything earth shattering. I think it's, it's going to be imperative, really important for them to. Uh, but keep away. Just if I'm Detroit against two really good running backs, they have an incredibly good offensive line too. Just control the ball, you know. Just run, run, run. Try to hold on to the ball. Don't let don't let San Fran's big powered offense the ball get the ball too much, and just try to build an early lead yeah. that way. Because Goff's probably not going to win a shootout. But yeah. you know, I'm Detroit, man. I'm just running the ball and just just keeping the ball on my side. Mm-hmm. And just try to grind it against because Detroit's got a really good, really physical offensive line. They can just they can just run seventy percent of the game, I think. Yeah, unless they're crazy. right. Unless it's they go entirely down possible that that might be uh, that might be what they what they potentially decide to do. And then, and then that way, because they have been able to it. shove the ball down their throats. Yeah, and then you're you're not giving um, Goff a chance to f up too much. <laughs> you just, just run it, run it, run it. Niners can't score without the right. ball. Goff can't mess up. Just handed it off. Although he's done that too. <laughs> Goff better show up. Uh, sure. a, couple, That's the key. a couple of other notes to make as well here. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, uh, they have decided to mutually part ways with defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Uh, as oh, Vic yeah. Fangio is expected to be the new defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, according to Adam Schefter, which uh, 
It's, it says that uh, basically Miami is allowing him to leave in order to be closer to his family in Pennsylvania, which I guess makes sense. But uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like it didn't seem like Miami was was struggling defensively. No, not at all. And they it, lost uh, their two best pass rushers, their best corner. They got destroyed by injuries, so it wasn't Fangio's fault that they kind of collapsed at the end. I don't know. That's interesting. I, I'm always of the belief. Yeah, I, I'm just, not a. I think McDaniel's overrated personally. But I don't know. If you, you know, it's like. I think Fangio's a better fit. It's more blue collar, and his family's from from Pennsylvania. So he's a better fit. Right. It, I mean, it just it just seems weird that uh, you know, because we normally don't see it. We don't. We normally don't see this happen where a team allows their coordinator to leave to be closer to home. You know, you normally don't see that. Maybe they just wanted to be kind of gracious and like, just kind of say it that way. Maybe one side definitely wanted out. You never know. Possibly. Uh, Also the Packers, they fired their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, uh, who has been their defensive coordinator since 2021. Uh, his unit collapsed during crucial parts of the season before they stepped up this past postseason. Uh, they allowed the ninth highest EPA per play and the sixth highest success rate. Uh, Packers opponents regularly exploited the middle of the field, which uh, and Barry seemed hesitant to blitz and pressure the passer in critical late game situations. Um, so that's seem that's seemingly why. Uh, it has uh, it has cost him his job uh, out there in Green Bay. Is what it appears here. Um, <coughs> going over to the NBA, though, we have uh, maybe one of the more confusing firings to talk about: uh, the Milwaukee Bucks randomly decided even though they had the number two seed they randomly decided to fire head coach adrian griffin despite having a 30 and 13 record at the time and their defensive approach this season has been a concern with them being ranked 21st in rating and 25th in points allowed uh and now Doc Rivers has instead been hired to be the new head coach uh, taking over for Adrian Griffin, which, uh, you know, uh, we said this when they first acquired Damian Lillard, that it would be a big mistake to get rid of, uh, you know, to, to get to get rid of Drew Holiday and instead bring in Damian Lillard, replacing defense with offense. Yeah. I mean, did, did we not? Yeah, that's their identity. Left town when Shaw Real Holiday went to Boston because he's their defensive stalwart. He's maybe the best – definitely the best perimeter defender in the NBA. And Lillard's all-world offense. He plays doesn't play a lick. At, he's a parking cone on defense. He doesn't even move. I mean, it's, it's really bad how bad his defense is. So it's a huge downgrade. Uh, this reminds me of when LeBron – see, I don't know if Giannis or Lord shouldn't have a say. He just got to Milwaukee. But 
the, the only time this has happened in my memory was when the, the Cavaliers hired, fired David Blatt, that first-year coach from overseas, and they were like 30-11. and 11. Yeah. But I read that in Baltimore, too. Now, look, but I mean, there has, to crazy. Be, there has to be a legitimate reason behind the fire because you just don't fire somebody, you know, with, with that, that kind record. of record. And, you yeah. know, with that, with that legitimate reason. Maybe something behind the scenes. But other than that, you know, there was no reason why he should have been fired. Now, no, if I you're agree like, you know, the San Antonio Spurs versus Red Pistons, which, of course, suck like anything. I mean, you should have been fired like day one. But there has, there has to be something behind the surface uh, for this, you know, uh, to take place. Because the Cavaliers uh, had to happen some time ago when um, David Blatt with, with, with a great record. Yet they won with the championship that year anyway, but still, they were a first LeBron place. wanted him out. Yeah. All yeah, of them out. I think it's got to be something like like what you're saying with Blatt. Like in what I was saying, I think it's, Steve, I think it's definitely Giannis is always the, the perfect child, right? He's always acting like he's totally innocent. He's a perfect character. He, he, he said awesome yeah, right. since the firing. I, I would bet five bucks that Giannis is behind it. Well, actually, it's sure, funny you say that. I'm sure some, it's funny you say like that. Said. Some one of the stars. Let's fill in the blanks. I don't think it's Lillard. Lillard's been a buck for like five months. It's Mr. Buck, the, the franchise. Giannis had to have said something. Let's get him out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Appar- apparently, they said that uh, that veterans were starting to lose faith in him, which is funny considering they have the number two seed at the time. Yeah. You have the number yeah. two seed, and you're losing faith yeah. in your head coach. And come on, their vets are lower. Yeah. Look, on Lord's brand new. He shouldn't have that much say yet. It's got to be the face of the franchise. Giannis had to tell him. Uh, tell him maybe, maybe flying. also Bobby Portis too. Could be Bobby Portis yeah, and then too. Chris Middleton, Lopez. I those guys much. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I bet it's Giannis. And then of course Giannis has been gushing like, "Oh, I love the guy." I'm so sorry he left. <laughs> he didn't want to get viewed like Durant and Harden and the, the other coach killers. But I think he just murdered. He got. I think he got rid of that coach. There's no other. It's hard to explain and any other reason that could have taken place. Like Lou said, thirty. Yeah, I, I mean, it's second second seed in the East, and you can fire him. Otherwise, it makes absolutely no sense. Right. Yeah. It ju- it ju- it just makes. To me, it makes no it makes no sense. Uh, the fact yeah. that he was yeah. such a highly t- he was a highly touted assistant coach uh, this past off season, you hire him, uh, and now you, what you're basically doing is you're basically putting all the blame on him, when really you should be putting the blame on management for going out yeah. and trading defense for offense. And wondering why you, you know. Tra- I mean, tra- trading defense for offense, uh, bringing in Damian Lillard. When I guarantee you, if you know, if if they had just if they had kept Drew Holiday, they would probably be in the same spot that they are right now. Yes, we argue that. Yeah, they're, they're a great roster with it, with both Holiday or Lillard. They, they really wanted Lillard, but I mean, to give up Holiday is. It took a massive hit to their defense, and then yeah. they're like, "So now, oh yeah, so now he he's the fall guy." Yeah, exactly. I really think Giannis, just like LeBron did to Blatt back in when Cleveland was 
near the top of the league and they fired him. I, it has to be their star player saying, "Let hey, let's make a change. Maybe Giannis loves Doc Rivers or the veterans were really yeah. lobbying for Doc to get hired. It makes no sense to just suddenly fire Griff. I'll Not tell you one thing. Uh, and and uh, speaking of Giannis, Giannis apparently is the reason why Nick Nurse didn't get hired. Milwaukee wanted Nick Nurse. Yeah. Great coach. Milwaukee wanted Nick Nurse this offseason, and Giannis basically told them, no, I will not play for him. <laughs> no. I, there's more and more – I've had seen more and more evidence of Giannis not being the all, you know, the golden child, the perfect the perfect guy. He's, he's pulling a lot of stunts. I think he's behind this. I think I'll tell you one thing. Congratulations, uh, con- congratulations, Milwaukee. If you're up three, if you're up three-one in a series, uh, you better hope you better hope to God that you can close it out because Doc Rivers, yeah. uh, Doc Rivers cannot close out series now uh, no. as of recent uh, as of recent years. And he was fired. I don't know if it would be the best idea for to replace you know for a coach, you know. Three, um, you know, three times you couldn't get out of the um, second round of playoffs. I mean, if you're looking for a guy that's going to probably, you know, I mean, only does the experience, but if you're looking for a guy that's going to probably take you to a championship, uh, I don't think Doc is your, is your, is your guy. I really yeah, know. it's I was still, I was still annoyed that, frustrated that uh, Bud, Coach Bud got fired after he won the championship. They were absolutely crippled yeah. by injuries. That's why they weren't good last year. They're missing half their team, and then they fire him. I still think, and it wouldn't surprise me if Giannis is behind that one. Yeah. I mean, that's two years in a row. They're making these sudden coaching changes. Someone in that locker room is demanding that they're making these moves. I think it's Giannis. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know how you know how you know how it's been with him that Giannis, you know, has he's grown such a huge head. Uh, Yeah. You know, ever since ever since he won that NBA title, he really has. Which, I mean, it's it's just it's more than it's more than Giannis. You guys remember? You guys you know it's some of the stuff he pulled this after yeah. the game where he set some record and was chasing people through the tunnel trying to get the ball back from like an eight year old fan, or when he when he was uh, yeah. After a game where he missed yeah. free throws, he came out and the like the Sixers employees, some guy make, you know making minimum wage, was trying to just clean the court to go home at like midnight on like a Tuesday night. And Giannis was removing the guy's ladder and wouldn't let the guy wouldn't let them clean the court. He wanted to practice, just random things like that. But after a while, you're like, wow, you keep hearing like maybe this guy isn't such yeah. a nice guy after all. He seems to pull some really ridiculous stuff. So that's why I'm thinking, you know, yeah. it's got this guy's name on it. I think Giannis pulled this prank, pulled this stunt on the coach. It would not surprise me at all. Um, I don't know if he was behind the whole Budenholzer ousting. I think, if anything, I think Milwaukee yeah. was just kind of tired of, after they won the NBA title, I think it was more of a case of Budenholzer's teams were just falling short. You know, like like they had yeah, lost yeah. their killer instincts, basically. I think that's what yeah. the main problem was, was that they felt like they had lost their killer instinct. I mean, 
We saw what happened the last couple times they faced Boston. The last couple series in the playoffs that they had against Boston, you know, they had just basically lost their killer instinct. Sometimes change is good. But I think this one was unwarranted. I think Griffin really got screwed. Maybe Bud oh, was uh, maybe Coach Coach Bud was maybe a legit good change, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and they're they're just an older team now too. Middleton's really banged up. He's slow, and Dame Dame doesn't play any defense. Lopez is an ogre. Ogre. I mean, I think Boston will smoke him if they match up in the playoffs again. Assuming Boston can stay healthy, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I used to yeah, think, wow, this guy's such a, such a great dude coming from overseas, playing soccer, and then learning basketball at a late age. Giannis is just like this golden boy, like, you know, the perfect guy. And then now recently, I'm like, I'm not really a fan of Giannis at all. <laughs> he's done some really just crummy things. So I, I think he's, I think it's got his fingerprints on this one, too. Yeah. Um, now there was another, you know, there was a trade that went down in the NBA this week that kind of had me scratching my head. I mean, it's a good thing, you know, it's, uh, it is actually an upgrade for Miami, I feel offensively, but this is, I, I feel like this is another sort of offensive defensive type of type of switch because Miami got absolutely destroyed by Boston. Uh, yeah. when, they made this trade, uh, trading Kyle Lowry and a first-round pick in 2027 to the Charlotte Hornets for Terry Rozier. And I mean Terry Rozier. I mean, come on. If you can, if you can acquire a, if you can acquire a 22 and a half point per game scorer for a guy who's not even averaging over 10 points per game, you'd do that any 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 day, wouldn't you? Most times, but. Again, defense for offense. What what do the Heat pride themselves on? Uh, the Heat, their identity is defense. Offense. Now they have offense. Yeah. Well, no, I mean the, the Heat. The Heat are defensive team. Yeah. When you trade offense for de- defense for offense, the Heat traded a defender for Rozier, who just puts up a lot of shots. He's small and doesn't play defense. Same with Tyler Hero. So it's like this. Is, I mean this. This one though, I don't now. blame them on. I don't. I don't blame them on this one. Want that move? No. I don't, I don't, I don't know really. if it's the Heat. So it's that was a weird trade. Well, you look at it. You look at it like this, though. Kyle Lowry has been past his prime for how many years now? You know, I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I would yeah. actually yeah, consider this an upgrade. I would actually I consider just, this I, an upgrade for Miami. To be fair, a, he's a really good score. He's a really good scorer. I just don't think he fits the Heat culture. He does. He's a smaller guy who really doesn't play a lot of defense. That's why I'm a little confused. And they got their ass right. lost, and they lost. They lost by double digits today to, to the Knicks. I don't know because because what I do know is here Tyler Hero is a guy who shoots a lot and doesn't play defense, just like Rozier. So now they have two smaller guards taking a ton of shots, and they're just not like fits on the Heat really. That's why the Heat were trying to trade Hero, and now they got Rozier next to him, and they both shoot it. They both love to shoot and not really play defense. It's just not really typical of like a Pat Riley team. I did say I did yeah, seem it was, or I, I it did it did seem like uh, like a bit of an odd fit. trade at first, but you know I kind of look at it like this though. When you consider who they lost to, uh, who did they lose to L.A. this off season? Um, uh, Gabe it, Vincent, who's been injured. 
Yeah, he's, Gabe Vincent. Been injured. When you consider they lost Gabe Vincent this uh, this off season, who was one of their big offensive weapons last year. You know, and you bring you bring in Terry Rozier. You almost sort of re- obviously he's not the same defensive player that Vincent was, but you still re- you regain some of that shooting that you would get from Vincent. Now I've always maybe it's weird. Maybe I've seen maybe I've seen them as more of an offensive team because they've always been known for relying on the three or relying on getting the ball to the rim, uh, like uh, like with Bam Adebayo, for example. Yeah. Um, I've never really known them for being a defensive team, because if anything, I'd say Bam Adebayo is probably their only real uh, defensive, uh, defensive guy, so to speak. Well, Butler's a really kick-ass defender when he's healthy. Who? Oh, Butler. Jimmy yeah, Butler. Yeah, Butler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Butler is yeah, good so they, defensively, but I, they, they I'm had, talking they about, like, like overall, Gabe though. Vincent, Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, Butler, Adebayo, you're talking about four of their starters last year for the last couple of years, and now they're just totally different. And last year when they had their awesome run, they didn't even have Tyler Hero. So how much do they need him? Right now they add Hero. Now they add Hero and Rozier, two smaller guards that don't play D and that shoot a ton. I don't know. Rozier, he's he's a tough player to really see like how how good he is because I mean he's been on. How'd you like him in Boston? That's right. He played for Celtics for four or five yeah. years. Did you like Rozier? You know, Rozier. I never want. I never wanted him out of Boston. Did he play defense then? Maybe I'm wrong on him. Does he play any? Is he decent with defense? Uh, I mean, he was okay with Boston yeah. in terms of defense. He was okay, but he was known mainly for for uh, he was known mainly for his playmaking and his shooting ability. Yeah, and he's a talented. It's just kind I of mean, just think of a him. younger, just think of a younger Kyle Lowry, basically. Yeah. That's basically, which, I mean, in my opinion, it's an upgrade for Miami. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's Pat Riley and Spolster, man. That's the key identity is D and, like, hustling and, and playing on stuff. That's why Jimmy Butler's been so popular with, with Riley and Spolster. But they, they've got your – Yeah. changed their – Maybe they changed their culture, Steve. Maybe you're, maybe you're right, and they're more offensive because they're going away from that and getting more guys like Rozier. I just, I was watching them today. It was like I watched them a little bit today just to see Rozier, and the Knicks are playing awesome. It's fun that they're finally relevant again. But um, yeah, Rozier and Hero were literally just catching the ball and shooting threes. All they each shot like twelve threes. <laughs> well, that's like, basically been what Miami's offense has been all about. <laughs> And Jimmy Butler and Adebayo were, like, playing D and, like, watching that, the two small guys shoot all day. I'm like, what is going on here? It's not really good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, that's that's the thing, though. <laughs> that, that's that's the thing, though. That was, that was essentially, uh, especially in their series with Boston, that was essentially what Miami's game plan was the entire time. 
was literally, uh, you know, kick it out, uh, give the ball to Butler, have him shoot a three. If it's not working with Butler, give it to uh, give it to your secondary scores. Like Max Truth, they had him. Uh, All for three. Gabe Vincent. Yeah, you're right. They did have a bunch of people. Caleb Martin. Yeah, they just shoot. You're right. They do shoot a ton of threes. I've never been a fan of that, but Bolster and Riley know a bit more about about how to play. But yeah, just I, I don't know. Right. I don't know if you won a championship doing that, but no. I, I think you want to get the ball to to Bam and Butler more. Let them do the dirty work. Let let them score more too. Yeah. Um, now. I mean, you know, honestly, I still, I still think that just seeing how how the Heat play, I still think they're the same. They're that same Heat team, despite their record. They're that they're that same Heat team that Boston has had problems with in the playoffs the last couple of years. Always dangerous, yeah. And that being Butler, Butler's like playoff time. He's just a monster. Yeah, they're always going to be dangerous with that with that nucleus. Now, uh, Alex, I want to go back to something we talked about at the start of the show and a little bit of a trigger warning here um, for, once again, for people uh, for people who listened to tonight's show. Um, a little bit of a trigger warning because uh, this topic I'm going to bring up is very, uh, very sensitive, we'll put it that way. Uh, you remember how we talked about Vince McMahon in the past, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there, there was a story that broke on the Wall Street Journal um, involving uh, a lawsuit against a new lawsuit against Vince McMahon accusing him of sex trafficking, sexual assault, and emotional abuse within the company. And this was done by a former employee by the name of Janelle Grant, who had apparently signed a non-disclosure agreement back in 2022, where McMahon agreed to pay her $3 million to not disclose anything uh, about their relationship. And so the law, the lawsuit has not just been filed against Vince. It's been filed against the WWE, and it's also been, uh, and it's and it's also been filed against uh, against former WWE executive John Laurinaitis. And in particular, uh, it's it's very graphic. Some of the stuff that has been described, and also not to mention. Uh, former UFC and also WWE heavyweight champion Brock Lesnar is part of the. Uh, well, he wasn't officially named in the lawsuit. Oh, but, I didn't know that. I, I mean, that. there's only one. There, there's only one wrestler who went on to become UFC heavyweight champion, and that's Brock Lesnar. So uh, that's how that's how he's described in the lawsuit. Uh, basically, what would happen is. McMahon passed this woman around to various members of the front office or uh, of the uh, Stanford office in uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Um, 
and in particular, notable things were he would use sex toys on her named after various male WWE wrestlers and performers, uh, which also added a little race factor to it. So, for example, a black dildo that he would use on her would be named after an African-American wrestler, and a white dildo would be named after a Caucasian wrestler. Um, He also had this sort of infatuation with pretending that other men and namely certain WWE talent were in the room with them. Um, Not just that, but there was one occasion where he, and this is, apparently this is true, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, where he reportedly defecated on her during a threesome and then commanded her to continue pleasuring the other person while she had feces in her hair and running down her back while he ended up going to the bathroom to shower off. And upon his return, they then actively continued the the threesome uh, while she remained covered in his filth. Uh, and when his friend left, he then ordered her to continue to sexually gratify him. Uh, then in another occasion, him and John Laurinaitis sexually assaulted her inside Laurinaitis's office back in 2021 while colleagues were busy at their desks. Uh, basically, she had begged them to stop, but they forced themselves on her, each taking turns restraining her for the other, while saying, no means yes, and take it, bitch. Uh, When it comes to Brock Lesnar, basically the conditions of him agreeing to re-sign with the company uh, involved her taking a video of herself urinating, as well as uh, various... Uh, nude photos and videos of herself made specifically for him. And also with the promise as well that he would be able to fuck her at some point as well. And keep in mind, he already has a smoking hot wife in Sable, former former WWE uh, wrestler uh, to begin with. Um, and I mean, there's there's multiple other things also that has you know, that uh, Vince McMahon is implicated in uh, as a part of this lawsuit. Uh, But she is looking to have the non-disclosure agreement be nullified, and also she's looking for uh, monetary damages as well, which, according to Lou, uh, she wants the full $3 million uh, that Vince McMahon had agreed to pay her. Uh, But he had only paid her one million of the three million, basically uh-huh. only giving her one payment, essentially. So, I mean, we've talked about Vince McMahon before with the issues that 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 uh, that surrounded him before, Alex. But what are your thoughts on this new this new lawsuit that has now come up involving him? I don't know. We really it's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> My thoughts, he's, he's banned forever, and he's, uh, yeah, his legacy is forever ruined. So, yeah, it's despicable and screwed, just awful uh, accusations. So, I don't know what else, what else, what else someone could say about it. Is there anyone actually defending him? 
because he's just he's uh, dead to no. rest. Um, he looks totally guilty. He looks guilty what? and deplorable. Like another, like another, well, like another know, guy I don't like, but I, I can't get into politics. Yeah, he looks, he looks equally well, you know heinous and horrendous. Right, right. He looks equally heinous well, you know, and horrendous as that other person. That other person I hate. Well, you know what's happened is uh, since this news, since this news came out, he uh, he officially resigned from the board of directors of the TKO company. Um, and also he resigned as executive chairman of the WWE portion of the company. Wow. Uh, he also, uh, basically sorry, the only, on the the only I association. I was just going to quickly say, you guys have seen, I mean, his, his yeah. physical appearance too. He's just totally like stolen bones. Is he like sickly or is it, is it all the pressure? He looks, I, no. the steroids, the after effects of the steroids. He looks like he's a bag of bones in a suit. Yeah, he does. It looks it looks very different from like a year ago. He's lost a ton of weight. I don't know if that's the stress or the anxiety because I mean his world's come crashing down now a couple different times. This is just like the final nail in the coffin. I mean he's just his legacy is just destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> just, I'm. You can't get any more. And you know, this, and you know th- this is just another another th- another thing as well too. Here is uh, the fact that the WWE or the, yeah the WWE was losing the Slim Jim sponsorship as a result of this. Uh, but after after he uh, after he resigned though, uh, Slim Jim continued their sponsorship with the WWE. But still. You know, there was the there was the possibility that had he stayed on with TKO, they would have they would have suffered potentially even more losses. <laughs> the sponsors are going to drop like flies if that guy's associated with the name brand. Uh, they want to as, as far away from the health from that that company as possible. That, they they yeah. want nothing to do with him now. He's a pariah. He's yeah. he's tart and feathered. He's 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 done for life. They don't want him anywhere near that that name brand now. When you because you're right. I mean, all the all the sponsors will leave if he's still associated with it. Most of them would. Right. So, and the rumor is that he may be Chris Benoit from the company. And what I mean is, anybody who remembers Chris Benoit, he was known for the double murder suicide, uh, where he murdered his right. wife and son, and then he committed suicide himself. Uh, immediately following those two murders. And he was basically scrubbed from WWE's entire history where, uh, you know, they still, they still have him on video because you can't remove video, but they removed all, all mentions of his name from articles, from the video. Like, uh, like when they, you know, when they have uh, him on a certain part of a video, they'll remove any single mention of his name whatsoever. Um, Absolutely. And the thing is, it sounds like they may do the same thing with Vince McMahon, which is, which is even more, uh, you know, it's even more um, dangerous. I, or I guess dangerous isn't really the word because he's been a huge on-screen figure with the company since maybe the late, the late 80s 
all the way till as recently as 2021, 2022. So if you're going to remove him potentially from the WWE's history, you're going to be scrubbing a whole lot of history, including, you know, like, for example, the whole entire uh, feuds, uh, years-long feuds he had with, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, among yeah. other things. <clears throat> but all merchandise and everything has been scrubbed from, from WWE's catalog. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a, a, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a, it seems like they're going through a lot of damage control. And it's, and, and it's funny that this story breaks literally two days after they announced that huge Netflix deal that got them $5 billion from Netflix for Monday Night Raw beginning next year, beginning in January of 2025. Yeah. Uh, And that'll go on for the next 10 years. And not to mention, it's also the same week as the Royal Rumble. So you have two major WWE uh, either news stories or events going on, and then you have this break. And from what I've from what I've been told, I've been told that this story was not supposed to break for at least another month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they wanted that under the but, rug. Left way under the rug. Well, not under the rug, but more more along the more along the case of, you know, not having oh. it be, uh, not having it disrupt, you know. Big gotcha. big events. But yeah, no, I, I like I'm, imagine I'm if so rather than rather they didn't want to bury it, but they just didn't want it to come out. The timing was horrendous. They knew it was going to come out. Right. They were just trying to delay. They delayed uh, damage right. control. They wanted to just to, right like to keep it at bay, but it was inevitably it was going to break soon. But yeah, yeah, like ima- timing, imagine timing's uh, timing's never good, but this is really bad timing. Yeah, like like for example, imagine if this news broke during WrestleMania weekend, for example, the biggest, the oh, biggest boy, event in sports entertainment that. history. You know, imagine, imagine if this news broke during WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. I mean, they would rather yeah. have it break during a regular week as opposed to a pay-per-view week. That and in this case, it. the same exact week that the Netflix deal was announced. Hmm. And by the way, this may actually set a new injury, a new industry standard. You want to talk about live sporting events? Uh, Netflix has been wanting to get into live sporting events. You could see Netflix dive potentially into more live sporting events besides the WWE after this deal. Oh yeah. No shit. Like for example, you know how the NBA's contract is uh, is up with TNT at the end of this year, uh, at the end of this season. Don't be surprised at all if you see Netflix jump into the, uh, you know, j- jump into the sweepstakes alongside alongside uh, companies like Amazon and ESPN and whatnot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a just. <laughs> disgraceful, just just lots of you know 
his reputation and all of that history, McMahon was such a huge figure in that sport, in 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 sports in general. What a what a massive fall from grace now. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's and also, uh, it, it also it also brings back uh, uh, some promos that they did in the early, in the early two thousands where he had a feud with his uh with his daughter, uh, Stephanie McMahon. And Stephanie had said something along the lines of how how he used her uh in business meetings with some of his uh you know, with some of his business associates uh and that she would never forgive him for stuff that he that for stuff that he put her through it makes you wonder how much of that was actually true or how much of that was just for, for, you know, WWE purposes. And not just that, but also the, the, uh, the heavily rumored, um, you know, you know, the heavily, the heavily rumored uh, relationship that she had with macho man, Randy Savage when she was a teenager Oh yeah. You know, it makes you wonder. Wow. Yeah, Vince's been pretty shady for a while, but now it's really the last couple of years have just really done him in, man. He's, he's, he, the reputation is just absolutely destroyed for eternity. No other way to put it. She's laughing at the, uh, how horrific it is. Uh, and there's got to be more skeletons coming out of the closet, too. Where there's smoke, yeah, there's always and, more and, fire. Got, there's probably a thousand stories that are going to start tripping out one by one now. And we have an official winner of uh, the Royal Rumble. Um, Cody Rhodes becomes the first ever back-to-back winner of the Royal Rumble since Stone Cold Steve Austin did the feat in 97 and 98. Uh, but yeah, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to Vince, you know, it just, it just uh, yeah. former WWE star Ryback actually spoke out about this saying that he's known about this stuff for many years. Ever since he got, you know, ever since before he got fired from the company, yeah. And obviously, of course, he hasn't been able to say things because I believe he was one of those people signed to a non-disclosure agreement. I was going to say by Vince, a pretty common thing. Walt to the mightiest, that the, the most powerful tend to be the shadiest, and they love having people sign sign off like you cannot. Talk to a reporter. You can't even talk to your neighbor or your brother. You cannot tell anyone about this. What were you seeing? Yeah, they always sign NDAs, non-disclosure. Yeah, I'm sure Vince McMahon was a big uh, user, someone who, who utilized that a lot, made a lot of people sign that stuff. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, it just – he, he basically what Ryback said was that there's a lot more that's going to come out that's worse than this, uh, and basically that Vince McMahon's days are done. I don't agree with it. Vince's days are done. 
and uh, among other things. So it's you know it, it's definitely wow. uh, it just makes you think of what else may possibly come out. I mean, there was also a report from Wade Keller of. Yeah, there was a there was a, uh, a report that came out from Wade Keller, one of the big uh, wrestling journalists, that said uh, Vince isn't even allowed to see his grandkids. Ooh, great! What so, you know, uh, apparently he has been estranged from his family for quite some time so to speak. Uh, his wife has been separated from him, even though they're, they're technically still husband and wife. Uh, his wife has been separated from him for a couple of years now, uh, ever since learning about this, uh, about this relationship that he had had. <coughs> um, yeah, it's basically everything has fallen for everything has fallen apart for him. So, regardless, uh, from what it looks like here, uh, Cody Rhodes wins the Rumble. Looks like he pointed to Roman Reigns. So, it looks like we're getting a WrestleMania rematch for the second straight year of Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns as Cody looks to finish his story, so to speak, and win the title that his father was unable to win at, uh in his uh, WWE career. His father, of course, being the late Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, yes. But, um, yeah. Uh, you know what? We're probably going to we're gonna end the show just as we have a few minutes left, so we're going to end the show right here, I think. Um, right. I want to thank everybody for calling in tonight. Uh, thank you to Lou, Alex, Diane, and uh, Chris for joining for joining me tonight uh we will be back of course next saturday night for another edition of sports whispers weekly huh we got a hot game here warriors and lakers and double overtime and stuff on just did a three with uh there's still a few seconds left but this is quite a game it, are the, are the, oh, the wow. warriors are warriors are up again Warriors are up with 4.7 seconds to go, up by one. Whoa. Good call, though. Yeah. I might have taken the Warriors. That's a battle. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.